Hey, what's up? Welcome to Movie Dumpster Season 3, Episode 9. This is the second half of the double feature we're doing with the Slashers podcast for the Quarant team-up. Today we're talking House 2 from 1987, directed by Ethan Wiley. I'm Joel Escola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor, Kingdom of the Crystal Derp McGraw. And I'm Jake, not that, from Slashers Podcast. Welcome to the dumpster. Okay, um, alright. Legend has it that there was a second skull that had untold powers that could unlock the mysteries of the universe and bring eternal life to those who possessed it. So, question is, if this is the legendary second skull, where is it? Hello, Jake, not that. Yeah, so we got Jake on from the Slashers podcast. Would you like to say hello and introduce yourself? I would love to. I hate to interject. Usually I'm the foul mouth loud one on my show, but then I figured I should be polite amongst other people so I don't be overly <laughs> abrasive. Amongst other loud mouth uh, people. <laughs> I have news for you. Uh, we're about as uh, reverent as, uh, I don't know, give me a good, like someone basically just ripping ass in church. Like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> right off the wooden pews. We got we have three loud mouth, foul mouth people on this show. So you're saying you know why the cage bird sings? Do you remember that? <laughs> Fucking... I'll never forget being a kid and, oh, it's Maya Angelou. This is going to be a respectful, lovely production. And then, God damn it, there's a lady, she's just pissing and farting on herself and running out of church. And I was like, how am I supposed to take this shit seriously? <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a book that she wrote. And it starts off as her as like a little girl in a church. And she like, pisses her pants and then runs out of a church farting. And I was like. I, I can't handle this. I thought I was I thought it was a joke. She she knew what she was writing. Did uh you sure that wasn't something by Aleister Crowley? <laughs> <laughs> Sex piss and farts? Yeah. yeah. What is that thing? I there's a poem he wrote called Shelly Farts, I think. Maybe. I think it's called Shelly Farts, and it's just about how much he loved the flatulence of this one woman. Oh my goodness. It's in the book of Thoth. <laughs> hey Connor, there's your old uh, friend from Static X, Love Dump. <laughs> <laughs> Lest we forget. Wayne Static was like, this one's for Alistair. <laughs> right on the chest. Oh, it's it's no. an ode to Denise Richards' fucking dump. Oh, God. Denise Richards love dump. Oh, you know what? I was getting there, and you beat me to it. Oh, there it goes. It all comes back. That is a fucking terrible song. Again, I'm just going to remind the world how bad that song is. Everything else about Static X is amazing. Is there canonically a worse Denise Richards performance in your pantheon? <laughs> Um, uh, from Valentine? Besides Valentine? That's that's the worst one, really? Because I would say that Starship Troopers is pretty fucking rough. Oh, oh sure. <laughs> uh, we haven't done it yet, uh, but in the MDU, I think she's she's only been in Tam. We've only done Tammy, then T Rex, and uh, Valentine with her in it. But you're right. If you if you if you expand beyond that, Starship Troopers is pretty. That that might be it. Yeah. Takes the fucking taco? Maybe. But I feel like everyone in that movie is so hammy that she just kind of blends yeah, in. Yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> I mean, when you have Casper Van Dien as your main actor, <laughs> I, you know what I'm saying? In parentheses, actor. <laughs> yeah. Or quotations, rather. Yeah, you have to work behind Casper Van Dien. <laughs> right. Everybody shines. Do you remember when he was Tarzan? That that was a thing that happened. Oh my god, no. I don't remember that at all. Yeah, it was Tarzan in the City of Lost Gold or some shit. The city of who gives a shit? It was terrible. I, the only thing I remember about that movie is that it was so fucking bad that as soon as it came out, 
all of the toys went on sale. There was toys? There was not toys. <laughs> like discount at KB Toys. And I was like, well, fuck, I guess I'm buying these because I'm poor. And I just bought like all of them. Oh, my God. Those are the ones they were giving away at Wobblers right before they went out of business in Bayville, New Jersey. That's probably why they went out of business. Now they're like fucking $400 on eBay. Remember those Casper Van Dean Tarzan figures? Well, they're really expensive now. The collector's items. I know he came back for the third or fourth movie. I can't remember which one, but yeah, he eventually returned to that that dung pile. They had like an animated one, Marauder, right, or some shit, and yep. then the, yeah, and then the live action. The second movie is abysmal. My God, I can't believe how bad that movie. How is. do you fuck that up? Uh, by stripping it of its budget and making everyone stand in a boring ass bunker for ninety <laughs> minutes and occasionally shoot at bugs. I got a three words for you, Paul Verhoeven. Done. Yeah. Yeah, man. So, so yeah, so this is the second half of our quarantine up, um, and we had done the first house movie with Slasher's podcast, and uh, we joined Jake for his most recent episode that is out now. Yes. So if you haven't listened to that yet, you should probably go do that and then hop on back over here and listen to the, the sequel, the second story, uh, if you will. Sequel to the movie and sequel to the podcast. Yes. Yeah, th- I don't r- remember it. It was a fever dream of bliss and tantric sex, so I don't know that I have the wherewithal to make callbacks, but, you know, it happened. Yeah, I needed a towel after that recording. You were in the splash zone. Yeah, I was covered in it. I was soaked. Head to toe. Also, uh, is this really a sequel? Can it get a- can it get away with being called that? No. <laughs> this is House 2, colon, the second story. It should be House 2, colon, the second open parenthetical, the completely unrelated closed parenthetical <laughs> story. Because what the fuck happened? Yeah. Hey, man, I had a, had a comic book tie-in, for Christ's sake, so wrap your head around that one. And I am a completionist, so if I saw this at a comic book shop and I saw House 2, I'd be like, oh, I need to pick up House 1. And it doesn't exist, so nope. I literally, that would break my mind. I could not have this in my collection. So, okay, so we have a bunch of people from the first film returning. Not actors, mind you, but everybody behind the scenes, right? I was going to say, we did? No, we have Sean Cunningham coming back to produce. We got Harry Manfredini doing the fucking score again. And we got Ethan Wiley writing it again. And now he's directing. And and Kane Hodder back as stunt coordinator. We mentioned that in the uh, Slasher's Pod episode for House One. That's right. That makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah, he's back for this. He plays a gorilla in this film. That's fun. Yeah. He sure does. We'll get to him later. Oh, yeah. Um, But the funny part about this film is like House, the first House movie was like a huge success for New World Pictures, right? So obviously, yeah, let's, they're going to do a sequel. In what fucking world does it make sense for somebody to be like, hey, baby, we're doing house motherfucking house two. Let me, I'm going to pull out my fucking cigar. I need that script in two fucking weeks, baby. <laughs> uh, let me uh, refresh you a little bit there, Joe. Uh, anybody here of Blair Witch 2? Uh. <laughs> Ring any bells? Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Season of the Witch? <laughs> Book of shit. I've never seen that movie. What are you talking about? I've never owned it. Calling it a movie is very generous. Yeah. <laughs> If you go, if you go by the opening of our episode, Joe just goes, nobody should watch this movie. No, <laughs> truly, <laughs> you don't need to. Well, let me tell you this: my mom, uh, she's a crazy person, and so whatever it was a birth or not a birthday, it was Christmas. She got me uh, the Bear Wench Project and the Bear Wench Project Two, knowing that it was a skin <laughs> flick. Okay, and then gave those to me, and then I saw Blair Witch Two, and I was like. There is literally more production value and story structure in the Bear Wench Project 
than in this fucking sequel. Oh, yeah. And let's be honest, I actually think that there is more connections between Blair Witch 1 and 2 than there are between House 1 and 2. I mean, there, there's actually some weird connections between these films in some ways that we'll get to. I'm not even wholly sure these take place in the same goddamn dimension. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think Kane Hodder is a better through line between these two films than the Blair Witches between Blair Witch 1 and 2. Yeah. Yeah, probably. I, I think that if you were to approach the first movie and say, how do we make a sequel to this? And you look at how that one ends, you go, wow, that's left with lots of uh, dubious moral and legal questions that I don't want to answer. Let's just change houses. Well, it's almost like maybe you could do it like Hellraiser, where, you know, the main character, what was his name in that film? Uncle Frank? In House 1. Oh, William Cat. Roger Cobb is his name. Yeah, William Cat, maybe like Hellraiser 2. He wakes up in the hospital. He's like, everyone thinks he's crazy. Hey, maybe. That could work. And then Big Ben comes back and steals his kid again, right? Right, right. Or he's chasing him around the hospital, but now he's like in, in a fucking like uh, hospital getup. He's got the, the fucking scrubs on and shit. He's going after him with, like, I don't know. It's like super wacky. I don't know how you would really do it. Not to engage in one-upsmanship, but I, I have a thesis I'd like to present. Oh, shoot. You know how his shitty wife pulls up in her taxi and she, oh, my kid's alive and the house is burning and everything's fine. Right. I like the idea we s just completely steal from the Super Mario Brothers movie and a version <laughs> of her from a different dimension comes out of nowhere with a machine gun and she's like, let's fucking do this. And he's like. All right, well, the kid's alive now, so fuck this dimension. I'm out, and jumps in with her, and that's how we get a sequel. Oh, man, she kicks down the fucking door. You're never going to believe this, Roger. Grabs him and Norm and fucking pulls him in. <laughs> shows up with Cybo Man next to her. <laughs> they're both they're both packing. She, she shows up with the MDU Avengers. Like, this is <laughs> oh, my God. It's her Cybo Man, Baldwin, John Hurt's <laughs> yeah. there. GVD just wheels in with with a cigar in her mouth. She's like, "Oh, you're a part of a larger universe now." Uh. <laughs> so Sean Cunningham was like, "Yes, okay, we're gonna make House Two, and uh, I need the script in two weeks, and uh, maybe we'll bring Big Ben back, but uh, question mark." And he's like, "Well, how are we gonna do that? I don't know. Well, we'll just bring back the jungle. How's that sound? Just the jungle? Um, it this was so like ill thought out, and they didn't bring anybody back from the first film because." They wanted too much money, so they were like, fuck it. Because I, I think that the budget... I don't know what the budget is on this. I, I had about $3 million from what I read. This film is made on favor. <laughs> <laughs> That's a way to put it. Straight up. Because, you know, that always works out for the better. Okay, so Ethan Wiley has never directed a film. This was his first film, and I think the only other film he did um, was who could give a shit it was like some some direct to tv or, or some 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 trash right um but he was he ethan wiley was an effects guy too who worked on like return of the jedi and gremlins and stuff and he had a lot of connects with uh guys in the business so he manages to swindle fucking chris wallace who who's worked on like gremlins and the fly and the golden child and stuff and fucking phil tippett <laughs> the fuck out of phil tippett worked on this phil tippett was the supervisor of the stop motion animation in this film oh my god no wonder it's so good best part of the film they fucking did it for a song okay 
And it was basically Ethan like begging them to to, to work on this low budget flick, and they did. And that's and really, you know, the effects in this movie are are quote unquote like super rushed or whatever but like they're the glue that holds all this shit together in my opinion they look really good in my opinion for being rushed yeah you're definitely waiting for like the next big effect yeah in a few instances some of the effects are actually kind of jaw-dropping um but you have to get through the rest of the movie which it's at some points like first of all it takes an hour for i think for like a good joke to land and in between that you're like what the fuck is happening (laughs) um it's also one of those things where it's like you know, they wanted to make us, it, it, it should be easy, right? It's like, it's like okay, the the idea of the house, it's a haunted house and crazy shit happens and you kind of have like unlimited play there as far as where the dimension, like the dimensions and things like that go. Um, but for this, they just kind of abandon the haunted house yeah. and they're just like, yep, it's a fucking, it's a fucking temple that opens to different dimensions because question mark. It, yeah, like it's just a parade of nonsense until it ends really that's i don't know i feel bad because like <laughs> the director is was so hype on this film and like so excited to make it and like i don't know if he really thought about like w- what he was doing you know what i mean he was like all right throw some okay caterpillar puppy <laughs> and fucking uh, pterodactyl and 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 a barbarian what about his girlfriend forget it she's gone from the movie i erased her from existence <laughs> right which one both of them i don't give a fuck <laughs> We got Amy Yazbeck, but guess what? She's gonna disappear. Which blonde girl? The one from Friday the 13th. Oh, God. Tina! (laughs) So, yeah. So, does anybody want to try to plot crunch this real quick? Uh, So, a man digs up his mummy grandpa, um, and then he gets a crystal skull, and someone takes it, and then he gets it back, and someone takes it, and he gets it back, and someone takes it, and then he gets it back, (laughs) and then someone takes it, and then the credits roll. Uh, Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) That's that's it in a nutshell. It really doesn't have too much to do with the house itself and has more to do with, like, an ancient uh, grudge between two zombie cowboys. It's an an ancient Aztec by Crash Bandicoot curse. (laughs) (laughs) Or, like, or, or something with a fucking crystal skull and old mummified cowboys and... Stuff that just defies, yeah, you know, stuff that just defies reality and just like, it's like, that's the Stone Age, but there's also insect puppies. Oh, 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 a crystal crystal skull? Hang hang on, Connor, let me me get a pen real quick. That's crystal skull, huh? Steven, Steven, Steven! I'm going to send this idea for 30 years. I got an idea. Remember that movie House (laughs) 2? Are you saying, are you saying this is the impetus for... For George Lucas. The funny thing is, Dan Aykroyd was also in that room, and that's, you know, he's got that vodka and the crystal skull. He took it in a different direction. <laughs> hey, I've, I've heard that shit is delicious, apparently. It's okay. Me me and Joe and my brother and my girlfriend years ago, we went to one of his signings at a fucking liquor store, and I, I feel like maybe like 5% of the people that were there actually bought the liquor. Everybody else had like Ghostbusters memorabilia and fucking Blues Brothers shit from the sign. And the rest of the people just want to hear him talk about the Men in Black for 30 minutes. Yeah. And how they showed up to shut down his show once. He was not happy when I didn't buy <laughs> uh, some vodka, so much so that when I took a picture with him, he held it up in the photo wow (laughs) yes and he also had the shittiest flip phone i've ever seen in my life and this is like not even 10 years ago but whatever i met dan Aykroyd. he signed my ghostbusters poster and the rest is history and guess what i bought the fucking vodka already and i asked him about his wine he said he didn't have any and if he did i would have bought it so there you go dan yeah i've actually gone on record he's the nicest celebrity i've ever met and i've met goddamn too many of them 
but he like I had a shitty little band and we had gotten signed to play the Whiskey A Go Go and we oh, were out man. in front of the House of Blues back when that was still around. And he like walked out of his way because he could just see that we were like happy and talking. He's like, how are you boys doing? And talked to us for like 10 minutes wow. and then just walked away. It was like the nicest, Holy most shit. pleasant experience ever. So that's awesome, dude. Hopefully I redeemed him to the people who are like, well, <laughs> fuck him and his vodka. Yeah, I like Dan Aykroyd. He's a good guy. Not like fuck Dan Aykroyd, but he was just kind of like, yeah, all right. Yeah, you came, you know, he's there to promote the vodka. He was there to promote the vodka, not sign Ghostbusters records. Right, because he wasn't getting paid. You know, it's not like I handed him a 20. He just signed my shit for free. But he was super. I mean, he was a nice guy, but he was. Yeah, you could tell he yeah. was pissed that I didn't buy anything. That's like my dad back at Chiller theater like probably 12 years ago he's trying to talk to bill moomy and bill's like trying to push his fucking fish heads records on my dad and my dad's like yeah yeah so so lost in space how was it and bill moomy could care fucking less because my dad's just not dropping any money oh <laughs> uh, man it's almost as good as the keith david story oh jesus we've told that on the show <laughs> no, the, before but the, the, uh, the keith david story fucking tickles me because it's not like it's not like Mass Effect 3 is like, well, I mean, if you ask some people, it's, Well, you know. well I, I'll repeat it because it's been a while. I don't know if Jake's heard it, but uh, basically years ago, me and Joe, uh, it was a Monster Mania, I think. It was Monster Mania in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Uh, Keith David and um, Rowdy Piper were doing like a reunion for They Live, and I had my Mass Effect uh, fucking copy for Keith David to sign because he played <laughs> Captain Anderson, <laughs> and... Uh, he was he was bullshit and smiling with the guy right before me. The second I pulled that video game out, he the fucking face went down to a frown. He looked really aggravated. I had to like be like, uh, you were in the game, right? He's like, yes. So he goes, he, t- he he takes the fucking picture, or Joe takes the picture of me and him. The guy's smiling like nothing happened. I'm all upset, and then he goes to his agent or whatever. He's like, yeah, I need a fucking cigarette, and he like left right after that. Wow, like like Sean was so like defeated, befuddled by it that he had to ask him again. Like, you're sure you're in this, right? Right. So I just that that made me think of it because it's like you're saying, oh, Dan Aykroyd was like the best celebrity experience I've had, and I think Keith David was my worst. I kind of want to track him down and like get a <laughs> action figure of Goliath from Gargoyles and be like, hey, buddy, <laughs> yeah, you got to bring him the Arbiter figures from Halo, or that time that he tried to replace Donald Glover on Community. Like, hey, you didn't get an action figure for that, did you, fuck boy? Die mad about it. Um, before we get into this episode, um, or movie, I guess I should say, Jake, uh, why don't you? F- Break down your podcast a little for people at home that maybe haven't uh, checked it out yet. I'd love to. So I'm an expert on all things. My <laughs> credentials to talk to you about this film are basically I know everything there is to know about magical skulls, given that one of my favorite movies of all time is The Phantom. And basically, I just do that with every movie where I act like just the most ridiculous little spitfuck who's like, I love everything about everything because movies aren't my life and I hate my life, but I love the movies. And basically, it's my best friend and I, and we talk about everything. We try to be as informative as possible just because I feel like there's so many podcasts where it's just like, fuck this movie. I'm so cool. I'm better than this movie. And I'm like, all right, simmer the fuck down, Morrissey of movies. Like, have something positive or redeeming to say. And so if I do shit on something, I'm like, Fact, 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 bullshit, bullshit, fact, 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 and then I move on. Uh, we've recently started doing episodes that are more in like the vein of about an hour, just because there are so many goddamn podcasts out there, and it's like a daunting undertaking to like look and you're like, oh my god, it's a 17 part, four hour each thing on <laughs> Home Alone Part Three, taking back the house. I can't do this. Oh no! And 
we don't just stick with straight up horror like it's not going to be like you know serbian film or something like that i think our main vein is really like a lot of horror comedies because like like for instance my favorite friday the 13th is jason lives and that movie makes me laugh every time like there's so many good parts that's fucking great classic man yeah it's the best one i would argue it is it's inarguably it's the best one top three yeah top three yeah and i love when people try and shit on it they're like it doesn't even make sense to hit the lightning and i'm like it doesn't make sense he's a fucking (laughs) zombie person either what the fuck there's so many great scenes. Like, who gives a shit? Also, let's just gloss over the fact that, like, he died as a boy, and then six months later, he's an adult man running well, around the right, woods. And yeah. then, and then, and then, within 48 hours, he's completely bald. Who gives a <laughs> shit? <laughs> who gives a shit is is exactly right. <laughs> yeah, you're that, six fucking films into a franchise. That bothers you. Wait three films, buddy. Then you're gonna get real upset. <laughs> Wait for. I would say, no, what Jason goes to hell is when things start to get really wacky. No, yeah, sure. Yeah, but Manhattan, I, I, I'm in the camp of that fucking movie sucks. Like, yeah. I just don't. It's terrible. I, it, it's like, I used to like it as a kid, and then I like went back, and I'm like, this movie sucks. Like, this is a bad Friday. I like I like two scenes. The, when the fucking chick with the guitar gets killed is pretty good, and, and the boxing scene, because it's just iconic that's cool the guy getting his head punched off arlen's description of that movie is the best i'm like what'd you think of it he goes lethargy <laughs> <laughs> he's like it was lethargic he's like i hated it that is a movie built around one scene where it circles around him and he's in yeah. you know times square that's it that's the fucking hook of the whole thing and he's in it yeah. for you know i mean not to beat the fucking dead horse but he's only in the city for what the last 20 minutes of the fucking movie or some shit like that yeah and they and they filmed it all in vancouver anyway yeah. he's like he's like fifle goes fucking west when he's like hanging onto the boat like <laughs> god damn it just kill someone there's so there, there was so much to play with there and they're just like fuck it it's on a boat for most of the movie we're just mad that we couldn't have freddy yet yeah not to beat it to death but it's like you're you're selling people on the idea that he's in fucking manhattan and you that's all you could come up with it's on the poster uh, the, a poster that new york got very upset about apparently it is one of the best posters though and so just to peddle my wares, we're available fucking everywhere. And if you can't find it, like there's something wrong with your Google machine because it's just Slasher's podcast. It really doesn't get easier. We're on everything. We're in places we don't belong. I had some shit fuck kid comment on one of our YouTube videos like, this is useless. I wanted to watch Phantoms from 1998. And I was like, oh, yes. Just <laughs> tell YouTube that you'd like to pirate the movie and they'll make an exception for you, five-year-old retard. I'm sure they could just find it on Tubi. Let's be real. It's probably on there. No, it's not there because nobody likes that movie. Not even Dean Koontz. Tell the YouTube machine. He went out of his way to write a comment about wanting to watch the film and getting gypped out of it. It made me so happy because I was like, by commenting, you've helped me with this bullshit algorithm that basically just fucks (laughs) me in the ass every week. So thanks, kid. Like, I wasn't going to reply, but I was like, if it's an extra comment on the video, then that means it gets better in the algorithm. So I was like, all right, like, strap in, kid, because I'm just going to talk some shit. I know. Connor has talked about in the past his other podcast, The Phantom Zone. They had issues with that. With what was that? A uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. <laughs> we, we have gotten copyright flagged for League of Extraordinary Gentlemen at least three times because, uh, like you said, uh, the YouTube algorithm is fucked. However, we've somehow managed to find a way to cheat it and really start to manipulate it because, like, when we post uh, After Darks, we call them like 
we the names we were like all new season premiere finale xxx after dark number 69.075 and like all the sex bots come in and leave comments and it improves our, yes, and the algorithm helps oh, us man. out. So that's how you have all the subscribers. <laughs> Scumbag motherfuckers. Son of a bitch. Yeah. That's the trick. Rat soup eating motherfuckers, <laughs> really. You're fucking the system, man. I'm super into this, and I'm just going to jack you. And the, the joke is that we never did an After Dark 69. We just keep calling it like 68.8, 68.9, and then we went right to 70. There was nothing. There's never been an After Dark 69. <laughs> you dirty fucking shysters. Yeah, but we keep we keep alluding to events that happen on that podcast that are just outlandish. Like a president who tells you to ingest Drano? We're not. Is that a thing? No. He was being sarcastic. Come on, give the guy a little credit sarcastic it's fine he was kidding he's known for his wit and witticism need to shove the uv light up your butt <laughs> you ever stick a fucking one of those police things up your ass you know those things that you you look in a, in a hotel room i wouldn't look at my hotel room though with one of those things but you stick one of those right up your ass all different kinds of light you shine it up your hole and it cleans you disinfects you or just the piss everywhere <laughs> I, as soon as you said like alluded to that i kept thinking of forensic files because the guy's always like and then they sprayed luminol, and then it's black light, and it's just like cum and just everywhere. Yeah, that's what was on me earlier. That's what we were talking about. <laughs> oh, Kelly, he was a good man. <laughs> so, house two, the second story. Frightening strikes twice. Frightening does strike twice, or does it? Because this movie's not scary. I think that's my biggest problem with it. I don't mind silliness, but it's like something happened. Please? Yeah. It, they lean heavy into the comedy in this one, and I feel like that's due to the fact that Ethan took yeah. Yeah. Fred Decker's idea and then made it funny. You know what I mean? And here it's just like, uh, what do I do now? Another story? Uh, I guess I'll just make it goofy. I mean, for being such a comedy, it opens in a pretty dark way. Yeah, right? Sure. Uh, it's like 1950-whatever. and um, For reasons never explained. This couple like puts their kid in a car... And sends him on his way for reasons. Yeah, and then Yosemite Sam comes back from the dead. <laughs> and he's like, and he's, and he's, and he's voiced by Dr. Claw. He's like, where's the skull? Oh, dude, it's Frank Welker, straight up. <laughs> that motherfucker voices like four different creatures in this movie, including the main bad guy. He's the voice of every 80s boogeyman. Like, he's just, it's, they just go to for like, hey, you want to be a villain? D don't change anything. Just do what you usually do. Slim Reezer's his name. Slim what? Oh, I thought it was the Shockmaster. <laughs> WCW fans. <laughs> now he comes. He he comes in a little later without the helmet on. Uh, the guy in the makeup though is his name's Dean Cleverden. I've never heard of him, but he's in a he's in a few episodes of like Tales from the Crypt and shit. Anyway, um, but yeah. So so Doctor Claw shoots these two people, and um, we fast forward twenty five years later, and it's the house again where somebody inherits it. Just like the first movie, remember? Yeah, the only correlation so far. I'm suddenly thrust back to Pumpkinhead 2, where it's like, hey, you remember the first movie? Disregard it, fuckface. Oh, yeah. Except it's everybody, almost everybody involved from the first one on this one. That's what's blowing my mind here. Yeah, because we, we, we theorize in Pumpkinhead 2 that somebody came along and was like, yeah, I've seen Pumpkinhead across the room in the dark with, uh, you know, with a blanket over my face. <laughs> I saw it on the shelf at the video store once. Yeah, or a troll to troll two situation where you're like, right, what? Right. And that, and, and that it wasn't troll two like an Italian couple who just had no fucking idea what they were doing and just well, they, and they it. just named it troll two who hated vegetarians. Yes, <laughs> it was a complete cultural uh, 
distancing thing. Like I remember describing that movie to my friends because like I was poor as fuck as a kid, so we didn't have like HBO or anything. And so when I would vacation with my grandma over the summers, I would get HBO and it was dope. When I wouldn't spend time outdoors, I would watch the aforementioned HBO. And I came home and I was like, there's this movie where a kid pisses on his family's food. <laughs> and they're like, no. And I was like, no, I've seen this. It happens. And nobody believed me. And it wasn't Rawhead Rex, believe it or not. Yeah, I got a chance to see Troll 2 at the Philomoca with George Hardy in attendance. It was it was a fucking blast. Um, but yeah, this uh, what is this dude's name? Yeah, everyone, every guy in this movie, with the step into his oh, friend. Oh, Jesse. Tro- well, you know, Jesse, he pulls up with Tina from Friday Seven, like we yeah. were kind of hinting at earlier. She stepped out, and the first th- the first words out of my mouth were like, "Stop lying to me, Tina." <laughs> <laughs> How do you even how do you even say this guy's name? His real name is like Ar- Ari? Ari Gross. Ari yeah. Gross, yeah. He plays Jesse and then Lar Park Lincoln, uh, as Connor said, is Kate. And uh it's the Tina. It's Tina. Tina. Every guy, with the exception of Charlie, who looks like fucking Jim Carrey from Dumb and Dumber. Um, yes, he does. I will also offer if they ever did a remake, Charlie needs to be played by Will Arnett. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can kind of okay. see that. Will Arnett in a fucking house movie? I don't know. Sign me up, dude. Give me that shit. I'll take it. Um, yeah, okay. But yeah, every dude in this movie, including Bill Maher when he eventually shows up, has the exact same haircut. We'll get to his dumb ass. Hey, yeah, let's get to it because Ooh. I want to break these fuckers I w- down. I, I want to break Bill Maher's fucking... I'm a self-proclaimed libtard. I hate <laughs> Bill Maher. Yeah, we're, we're getting there. Um, so so Jesse, Jesse and Kate roll up to the house and he just inherits it yeah there's a lot of that going on in movie dumpster season three isn't there yeah the inherit the passing of the torch if you will first we had the whole loved in situation now we got this and it's always people inheriting like it's never like a fucking a beat up shack or something no someone inherits a castle a manor a fucking temple um you know a like some kind of religious relevance or something one could argue that the being uh inherited that shack in that radioactive wasteland uh yeah but we're never uh we're never privy to like the minutia of him like walking in and going like yeah my uncle lived here blah 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 and then he like eats the realtor <laughs> okay that's just where he used to masturbate as a child true and he's like I, I i'm just gonna post it fucking pornography all over this fucking shack mom's wandering town looking for me again <laughs> i'm gonna turn into goo yeah. excuse me <laughs> like, like alex mack just liquidates and just fucking runs away <laughs> <laughs> oh man that, there's a miss fucking joke for that one alex fucking mack turned into fucking pepper jelly red pepper jelly so yeah he inherits his house because reasons because that's what happened in the first one so fuck it um but even though his parents died when he was like a baby yeah right he just stayed in the family this whole time yeah and there's no mystery there like i thought for sure he'd like discover he was adopted or something intriguing and he's like oh look I'm just going through the first photo <laughs> album I find, and oh, there's conveniently a baby who I instantly know is myself, and two people who I, I guess they're just my parents. Yeah, and here's my grandpa, I guess. My great-great-grandpa, he's got the same name as me. <laughs> <laughs> this is all told it literally in, like, the camera's like close up on this photo and he's like pointing with his index finger and just telling this to yeah. nobody except us. He's like, mom dead <laughs> like his wife's not even there or anything he's just like speaking to the audience just real quick too he's he's wearing this fucking v-neck and i'm like dude you like you're never gonna top no. roger man roger's got that sweet fucking deep v and his on that sweet fucking hot buff chest right the sweater that he's wearing in that first movie <laughs> oh yeah he ain't got shit on him thinking about it now is giving me a little mahogany <laughs> yeah, a little teak for sure yeah yeah when you have the physique of a poor man's larry appleton from perfect strangers <laughs> don't try and rock the v-neck oh 
my god, he does look like him. Cousin Larry. Like literally, I saw him and I was like, hold on. I know that's not Larry. Who? And then I was like, oh, fuck. He was the guy from Ellen. Right, yeah. Oh, my God. He looks, that's the guy. I was trying to put my finger on it. I'm like, he kind of looks like uh, John Cusack. Yeah, he looks like John Cusack and Larry Appleton, like you said. Yeah. Yeah, but like chubbier John Cusack. I know what you're saying. Yeah, it's it's there. It's a little bit there. Yeah, but you fucking nailed it with that, though. That's funny as hell. They also, uh, I guess the electricity's not working, which is important for later. When my favorite character shows up. The guy who should have <laughs> been the star of the film. Yes, I agree. Yes. Right. Or at least in some bigger capacity. He, he's kind of like the plumber of the movie. Yeah, but he's but he's far less inept. Yeah, that's true. Plum, plumber was about as inept as a, as they come. Plum, plum, plumber showed up drunk and paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, he ascended after that, so maybe it was worth it. He asc- he ascended, dude. Yeah, yeah. I can exercise, but drunk is no problem. It's all part of the plot. It's all part of his story. <laughs> this was preordained. I have to die drunk. <laughs> So Charlie and Lana drive up. Fucking Amy Yazbek. She's how I learned what a chastity belt was and how I learned to resent them. <laughs> oh, is that who she is? Yeah, man. Oh, man. Robin Hood, <laughs> yep. Men in Tights. I didn't even pick up on that. Made Marion and Robin Hood, Men in Tights. Um, she was John Ritter's actual wife in real life, but she played his wife in Problem Child 1 and Annie, the nurse who he falls in love with in part 2. Which is weird. I love that idea. I love that. Problem Child 2 is one of my favorite comedies of all time. Those movies are good. I just always found that a little strange, but I could see that kind of logic wrapped around it. That's the joke, though. He has a type. What's wrong with that? And for the horror fans, Dracula dead and loving it. I mean, it's not a horror, but it plays on every horror trope that's awesome. Uh, speaking of vampires, uh, Jonathan Stark is fucking uh, Chris Sarandon's Renfield in fucking Fright Night. Oh, right, yeah. Billy Billy Cole, yeah. yeah. The guy who like basically melts on the steps at the end there. Oh, yeah, Peter Vincent fucking shoots him a bunch of times. God, that movie's so good. I <laughs> just have to say that. I know we bring it up every once in a while on this oh, show, it's, but... It's great. Best vampire movie ever? Uh, I don't know if I got that far, but it's up there. In my opinion, yes. You mean it's not Lost Boys of the Tribe? What? <laughs> oh, That's no. Weird. What is that? What are you talking about? I've never heard of that. It doesn't exist. Didn't Corey Feldman come back for that? Like the fraud? Shh, and- no, stop it. No, it's not a real movie. It doesn't exist. Jameson Newlander came back for that? La, 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 la. That's the third one. We're the Frog Brothers or whatever. Lost Boys 3 that nobody fucking asked for. All I know is that Jesse... And then his wife are in bed, and he's horny, and she's fucking sound asleep, so those books are calling his name. Story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> you just go in the other room and just start flipping through the fantasy section, like, all right, what am I going to look at tonight? Uh, how, how to pour concrete. <laughs> Basically, I just look at the most voluptuous book, and then I start reading it. <laughs> the sexiest book on the shelf. War and Peace, okay. Are you saying that he that uh, he owns uh, all of How to Howard's fucking... Uh, collection of books dude you know that fucking mansion has the the entire encyclopedia britannica of 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 how to howard his fucking how to books yeah how to how they're all signed and fucking numbered i would say uh charlie not uh, yeah charlie charlie and his uh, girlfriend show up stupid drunk um blasting music giggling and just being uh, generally movie drunk because I've never seen people act like this when they're nice and boozed up I usually see people either falling over or eventually passing out they are hooting and hollering knocking shit over they run into this fucking pillar like that's like a, like it's like Home Alone where they, you know how they hit the fucking little guy yeah it, that's exactly what I thought they always hit this fucking like stone pillar that magically rebuilds itself so somebody else can fucking hit it you know this uh, kind of brought me back to Stiltskin a little bit all the way back to the beginning of this show because uh, there was a character in that movie that Connor fucking loathed, 
And uh, oh, Charlie, I have words. No, <laughs> I wanted to take this man and fucking beat him to death by the end of this movie. He is the most unfunny motherfucker I've seen in a movie in a long ass time. He has some good one-liners, but the fucking the combination of being like Lloyd Christmas, yeah, but, yeah, and he, like, but, he, but he's like he's like doing a poor man's Bill Paxton at times, and like like you say, he looks like yeah, Lloyd Christmas, yeah. and like he's constantly in stupid colored shirts, and he's just like <laughs> the whole fucking movie. He's supposed to be the 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 stupid comedic sidekick or whatever. But I, but I want to hold him underwater until the bubbles stop, okay? That's the problem. Well, that's like, why I go back to Max from Rump, because, like, I don't mind Max in that film, but I totally get why people would hate that character. You know why you guys hate both of those characters? Well, I like Max in Rump. Sure, okay, you like Max, but it, but you hate Charlie in this and then vice versa for, for Connor, but they're both comedians in real life and they both improv all their fucking lines for the movies. <laughs> well, it adds up at least, I guess. Stop letting people do that unless they're really good at it. <laughs> like James Woods. Yes. <laughs> oh, shit. Hey, he's gonna take a walk down your chocolate highway. Hey, you, you take a fucking garlic, stick it up your fucking ass, what do you say? Hey, you gay? You gay? You gay? You gay? I'm messing with you. Just give you wood or what? I really just hate that he like, doesn't just stay shitty. Like, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen The Last Dragon, but like, Eddie Arcadian, right? It's the same fucking guy when it starts. Like, I'm having this over-the-top conspiracy to try and get my arguably talentless girlfriend noticed so she yeah. can peddle her, like, Cindy Lauper wannabe music. And then, like, I wish that he just stayed fucking terrible and annoying. But instead, he's like, after that one kind of shady thing, the worst you could say is that he gets a corpse drunk. And then the rest of the movie, he's not like a morally, yeah. like, fourth with compass. And he's, like, just good. There's no conflict or whatever. Uh, we we're just dropping the fucking plot soon, but first we got to go dig up Grandpa. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's your transition. That's how it happens in the fucking movie, dude. <laughs> it's the movie's transition. They're just like, yeah, fuck it, let's go do it. Well, before they 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 quote unquote dig up Grandpa, they have that scene that Jake was just kind of alluding to. Where, because I guess Tina from fucking Friday 7 is like a record producer or some shit. Or she works for Bill Maher, who's oh, yeah. a record producer. And uh, this girl that he br- that Charlie brings with him uh, can sing. So he's jacking the fucking radio all the way up to get her attention. And like Amy Yazbeck is like singing to it in her underwear. But she has really nothing to do except that. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Like she's funny as hell and she has nothing to fucking do in this <laughs> movie she disappears at some point along with everyone else she yep well then kate she runs back to the phone says you gotta hear this charlie uh, so, well, she well uh, like she goes <laughs> and she's, like, she's like hold on she's like what's happening she's like oh she's a singer is she contracted no we don't believe in success and then she runs back to the phone she's like hold on we got live ones here we got two absolute dummies in the next room okay like, it's your cousin marvin listen to this yeah there you go <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Basically. And she's like, she's like, I got that hot new sound we've been looking for. We're going to fucking sign it, baby. Come over, Bill Maher, so you can kiss me on the fucking lips in front of my boyfriend or husband or whatever. But yeah, right after that, they go to dig up Grandpa because he's an outlaw and he has this skull, I think. Look at this photo that I found. Jesse's like in the basement randomly and he's going through all his, you know, inherited shit in the basement, right? The family history stuff. I got a request real quick. How often do you think this happens where somebody just has a gigantic estate with a complete family history just in boxes that date back to, like, I don't know, the fucking 
late 1800s or early 1800s i would be shitty about this but then that's also the plot of the shining in the book so i'm like i give it a pass (laughs) it's probably more common than you think but it's probably also a really low chance if that makes sense yeah anyway so he's going through some shit and uh, i think he just like stumbles across a photo of his grandfather with the crystal skull and then like there's a lifetime magazine with the crystal skull on it like right next to it right yeah and he's like, oh, they're two different skulls. He's like, hey, Charlie, come over and look at this. He's like, yeah, my grandpa, he was an outlaw. I'm proud of him. Or whatever. He had this skull and it, it, it went missing. They never found it. But, uh, hey, he might have had it. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to open this other book. And it says right here, the Aztecs used to fucking wrap the dead up and put the jewels with the dead, even though my grandfather's not Aztec. Yeah, right. <laughs> I feel like the movie picked me up by the scruff and kicked me out of the house. No pun intended. Like, I was, I lost the plot. I'm like, why was he buried by, why was he mummified by Aztecs? They lost me when that woman started singing and that became a plot <laughs> point. That, that's when I was lost. It just goes, that goes nowhere, the singing. But like, why wouldn't you just have grandpa, like, you know what would be great? If grandpa was just in the fucking basement. Also, why was grandpa buried with an Aztec funeral seemingly down the block? I, who did this to him? <laughs> who did this for him? Well, it was apparently all part of his plan that backfired. I've been waiting for people to dig me up. Because it was supposed to make him young or some shit? <laughs> I don't know, dude. So these two idiots just are like, yeah, that's perfect. We're going to go fucking grave rob my grandfather. My great-grandfather. Great-great-grandfather. They show up Lionel's digging up his mother, and he's the fucking priest comes out and starts kicking the shit out of those punkers. Yeah. That's my mom you're pissing on. They're like, all right, let's go. I think we're at the wrong cemetery. Yeah, that, that's his That's his grandfather he's pissing on. Well, and then, you know, on the, the other side of the fucking cemetery, Jason's getting dug up like we were talking about <laughs> earlier. On the other end of the place. Oh, man, Tommy Jarvis is there. Tried to kill him, but he fucked up. Yeah, and on the other end of the cemetery, you got Uncle Sam fucking taking out a couple of stooges. <laughs> And then on the other side, you have some guys digging up their Uncle Anmore. Anybody? Yeah. Blood Diner? Yeah. Yeah, baby. In the MDU, we're just going to have to assume that one cemetery is in every movie. It's just like a really fucking big one. Like, be- even Beetlejuice is in there somewhere. Linnea Quigley's just fucking dancing naked on top of a fucking sepulcher. Fuck yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's endless. You just look. You can only see so far. It's like Silent Hill. There's so much goddamn fog. Charlie's like, is that a priest beating up punks? It's like, yeah, it's not what we're here for, okay? Let's just let's focus. <laughs> just, just, look, Crystal Skull, million, billion dollars prices or whatever. We're here to dig up my zombie mummified cowboy grandpa, okay? Focus. <laughs> prospector grandpa don't correct me charlie (laughs) (laughs) so they they literally go dig up his grandpa the whole time charlie's bitching and complaining like oh i can't do this oh my god he's like ah come on help me charlie so charlie helps him get the fucking coffin out of the hole there's no fucking way that these guys are lifting this coffin with a body in it out of this six foot hole yeah no yeah a six foot vertical drop it's not even like they gave himself a ramp or anything like that it's just a fucking ditch did i ever tell i told you guys that i worked at the graveyard for a while right yep it was memorial park baby um it took like four or five of us not only to just carry the coffin to put it in like where you lower it because it gets lowered in straps and then put in a fucking vault that gets slammed shut with like a fucking seal on it and stuff. But like, there's no fucking way these guys are lifting this coffin out of this hole. That, that also allegedly has treasure inside of it too. Like, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, they, they get it out of there and, and with the greatest of ease. Yeah. And Gramps is like, I'm going to choke a bitch. Uh, and then just starts. <laughs> has anybody ever seen uh, Turbo Kid? 
in this guild? Ah, uh, I know of it, and I really need to see it. So it really bothers me because Grandpa has like the exact same mask as this character Skeletron. Oh my God, he does! <laughs> I seriously did like 10, 15 minutes worth of research. Like, did is this homage? What the fuck is happening? But it's the exact same. It looks thing. very, very yeah. It looks super similar. One has bulging red eyes, but otherwise they're the exact yeah. same. He also looks like what's his face from Hellboy. The uh. The weird uh, uh, zombie dude who's in, like, the BDSM suit with the fucking wrist blades. The Dust Nazi. Yes, <laughs> the Dust Nazi. Cronin, right? Is that his name? I, I don't remember. I'm pretty sure it's Cronin. Yeah, he's fucking dope. Um, Yeah, so Grandpa fucking comes out, and he's like, wait, don't shoot us. Uh, I'm your great-great-great-grandson, Jesse. I'm named after you because I know your name somehow. And he's like... Okay, and he takes his fucking mask off. He takes all his bandages off. And it's fucking Royal Dano, man. Yeah. Yeah, man. Fucking the great fucking Fausto himself. Um, and this is where, the, again, the movie starts to kind of make me go, huh? Because every time someone speaks, like, the tone may shift. Um, and as these guys are digging up a fucking grave, all of a sudden he's like, well, slap me, stupid, blah, 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 my grandson, butter my biscuits, you, you, you came all the way out here to dig me up, I've been waiting for somebody to come and dig me up. I also want to point out that yet another supernatural being was buried in the ground for a extended period of time and wasn't upset about it, unlike that whiny little bitch from demonic toys okay <laughs> and it was only 35 years that was a, this is a lot longer yeah yeah he's like i thought he was 66 was it 66 maybe in demonic toys yeah and this he's like i've been waiting 70 years <laughs> gets up and starts clicking his heels and that guy's like oh this is torture i can't do this well i think because he was like curled up in a fetal position like you know gramps had a nice <laughs> box to lay in with all his treasures and shit he had shit to do in there gramps wasn't yeeted behind him into a into a fucking <laughs> yeah into a he hole. wasn't dumped in a fucking <laughs> construction site he wasn't luke skywalkered yeah he just <laughs> <laughs> he had a ceremony and everything wrapped up yeah he got <laughs> he got an actual goodbye he, he even had his fucking uh skull he got out of a cereal box sure did cracker jack skull because good lord like i get this is supposed to be a quote-unquote like crystal skull i'm I, that's where my brain goes but uh this thing looks like it's made out of fucking plastic this thing looks like a spencer's gift again Shoestring budget. Sure. <laughs> trying to make all this happen. Trying to make all this happen on the weekend, pretty much, because everybody, all these effects guys are huge, working on huge movies, and they're trying to get this done like in their free time. I do love the makeup on the grandpa, though. Like he just looks, he looks old as fuck. Oh yeah, it's great. And 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 Royal Dana was pretty old then. Right, and he had just come off of having like a quadruple bypass surgery and was fucking uninsurable. And Whoa. I really enjoyed listening to Sean Cunningham talk about that, where the director's like, "Oh yeah," and then you just kind of you just worked on him until they insured him. And Sean Cunningham was like, "No, he just wasn't insured. Like all we could do for it." Holy shit! Yeah. All right, put him in the fuck. Put him in the fucking uh, the alginate. Let's do it. And then fucking dude, he must have been sitting in like prosthetic he must have been sitting in the fucking chair for like six hours getting all that shit on him yeah seriously um but then the movie just kind of wants to fiddly fuck around for a while this is what i was saying like at the beginning like it just kind of nothing's in between things gramps just like lives with them now and he's not really telling anyone that he has this 173 year old fucking essentially zombie living with him yeah well he's supposed to be young right like so so 
Gramps hasn't seen himself yet, and he thinks he's, like, rejuvenated or whatever because of the skull or, like, because he got dug up or whatever. And he's like, come on, I want, we're going out on the town. We're going fucking stepping, high-stepping. <laughs> and he's like, no, Gramps, you look like you're a fucking zombie. I'm going to go dick-sling. That's basically what he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> I want to catch me some fucking skirt there, young boy. I want to go chase some strange, right? But I actually really resent this part of the film because, and for the slashers fans who followed me over to your show they're gonna get like roll their eyes but i have to mention monster squad all the time because it's my favorite movie and so yeah fred decker monster squad there's the scene where frankenstein realizes that he's scary and he's sad and then there's this where the guy realizes he's old and he's sad and i was like fuck you you're not as good go back (laughs) he calls himself a 70 year old fart 173 year old fart dude i fucking died I thought that was one of the funniest fucking lines. That's one of the fucking funniest lines of the whole movie. I agree. And just, like, paint a picture for people at home that haven't seen this guy. Like, we're saying Prospector, but, like, literally, he's got, like, the old, like, picture, like, fucking, uh, a Prospector with the hat and the fucking overalls with only one overall slung over, and he's just covered in dust, like, blossom from fucking uh, Christmas that almost wasn't. (laughs) He looks like he should have one of them fucking jugs with, like, the three X's (laughs) on it, like, hanging out of the fucking side of his, you know. He looks looks like a Red Dead NPC sans all the wrinkles. (laughs) (laughs) Right? You th- oh man, that would be hilarious if they put him in like the Red Dead Redemption like uh Oh zombie yeah, yeah, yeah. One. That would be great. I mean, you don't even need to if you wander around Red Dead Redemption 2's world long enough, you find robots and time travelers. Fuck it, put the zombie in there. <laughs> well, what the fuck? I need to play Dude, that yeah. shit. So are you talking about Red Dead Redemption yeah. or Westworld? Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Take your fucking pick, uh, right? No, I'm not. No, Samurai haven't entered into the Southwest and Red Dead yet. Yeah, and then, like, Gramps is like, I want to do shit because I'm bored and I'm not tired because I'm dead or whatever. And they're like, no, we got to go to sleep. Isn't that a fun reversal of the whole I'll sleep when I'm dead thing? And yeah, he's like, I've been right. dead and I have slept very well. And Charlie teaches him how to fucking drive. Charlie fucking, he's like, he's like, hey, Gramps, want to fucking see something? Look at this. Look at this fucking I don't. Even, what is this shit? A fucking Maserati? I don't even know what kind of car this is. It's 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 far less irresponsible than John Hurt just walking up to like 15th century primates <laughs> and being like, "Here's a fucking electronic watch, you fucking monkey! Isn't it awesome? You can have it, you complete simpleton!" And showing Victor the car and everything. Yeah, he doesn't even explain it to him. He just hands him the fucking keys. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, drive it. And he's like, let it out easy, Gramps. And they fucking take off in this fucking car down the, uh, this, uh, you know, driveway, and fucking Jesse goes running after him. Yeah, let it out easy, and Gramps is like, I don't know what that means. I'm not from your century. <laughs> what in tarnation the fuck you talking about? Yeah, he floors it, and then next scene, they're just, like, on the side of the road, like, fucking sitting there wasted, like, bullshitting with each other. Dude. I would love to drink with this fucking zombie grandpa. I would love to drink with a zombie. Yeah. Forget it. Any kind. No, but like he's got all those fucking stories. Like later when we have that montage, <laughs> I'd be sitting there fucking just getting drunk listening to this fucking guy talk for hours. Yeah, this kind of reminds me of the scene in Elf when he gets drunk in the mailroom. I really wish that this like they had used this more in terms of like character development instead of just being like, a one off gag. Because like you could really this could be the thing that changes Charlie from being this like hedonistic, materialistic piece of shit to like a good character. Yeah. But instead, it's just like, yuck, yuck, goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> well, every time you see him, he's got a fucking bottle in his hand or like somebody's trying to wake him up and he's just like fucking got booze all around him. I am going to bring that up later because I almost <laughs> I almost dry heaved. At some point in this movie. Um, 
But I think this, they're sitting there drunk, and at some point, doesn't Graham say, like, I shouldn't have driven? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, Basically. I'm like, how do you even have the cultural reference to make that joke? You've been awake for two hours. He's like, oh, I gotta drive, or whatever. And they fucking, then that pillar, that pillar joke comes back, because they yeah. fucking run right into it. Fast and furiously. And then uh, we cut to morning, and... Uh... Here he is. He's finally arrived. We've only mentioned him, I think, three or four times already. But Bill Maher. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Bill Maher with a fucking... Boo. With, yeah, okay. Yeah, boo. With basically like a mullet, but he has curly hair, so it just looks extra bad. God, young young Bill Maher looks like Robin Williams and like What's-His-Nuts from Beverly Hills Cop stepped into the fucking fly teleporter. Judge Reinhold? <laughs> Judge Reinhold? Don't you dare besmirch Judge Reinhold, you <laughs> slut. <laughs> Oh, man, somebody put the fucking banana in fucking Bill Maher's tailpipe. You could say a lot of mean things about a lot of people. Yeah. You could make fun of my mom who bought me porn for <laughs> Christmas, but you can't say anything about Judge Reinhold ever. I mean, you can you can make fun of my mom, too. We've done it plenty of times in the show. It's fine. Um, uh, God, Bill Maher looks like a young man who started melting as a young man. Like, he looks so fucking weird. If I may, he looks like your mom. Uh, <laughs> yeah, see, we more make fun of. No good. <laughs> no, not not quite on topic. He looks like one of the, he looks like one of those dudes that's just been like forty forever. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know. Yeah. He just came out of the womb looking forty. Um. You know, I have to give uh, my due diligence here. If I'm gonna riff on James Woods' last episode with the MAGA hat, I gotta you know I gotta gotta go after Bill Maher a little bit because he. He's kind of like the opposite end of the James Woods spectrum. Like, he is the guy that's not really... Like, he is the establishment of the, uh, you know, the Democratic base on TV. And uh, I don't know. I, I don't think he gets as much flack as uh, James Woods does. And that doesn't make uh, James Woods rants <laughs> well, it's, a good thing. Yeah, it's also like, I feel like he's not quite, like, the lefty Alex Jones. But every now and then he says something where you're like, will you shut the fuck up? Like, <laughs> right. Right. That's eerily accurate. Yeah. Um, like, what was it? Last year after Stan Lee died, he was like, hey, that guy's dead. Better take this opportunity to shit on comic book readers. Am I right? Yeah. Cool. Um, And made a big old ass of himself for like two whole weeks and like pretty much the entire industry. Like a lot of people like Neil Gaiman was like, hey, how about you read something and then come back and try to criticize the medium? Until then, politely be quiet. You fucking idiot. But he's like the type of he's the type of guy, too, that'll like, you know, lecture somebody about one thing and then go on his show and do it and say, oh, what the fuck's everyone so pissed at me for? Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, hey, Bill, die ban about it, okay? That's all I have to say to you. Yeah, and he's on uh, he's on full display in this film. He's a cocky bastard the entire movie. Oh, he's a piece of shit in this movie. And then he just le- he he enters a piece of shit, he leaves a piece of shit, but he also leaves the movie as the winner in his given story. <laughs> yeah, he does. He, he walks right? away with both women. <laughs> It's it's fucking terrible. But here's the thing. So his motivations are shitty, but he objectively does things that are appropriate. Like if you <laughs> yeah. saw your friend yeah. that their significant other was slinging dick to someone else, you'd be like, hey, I should intervene. And so I'm like, I hate you, but I right. don't hate you. Exactly. <laughs> I don't exactly. hate you, but I hate you, but I don't hate what you're doing. Yeah, but he has the ulterior motives to do that. Oh, oh yeah. for sure. Yeah. It's not like doubt. he's just being a good Samaritan. He's like, yeah, well, I'm trying to get this. How can I use this to my advantage? Um, but yeah, he's like a gross record executive, and like yeah, he's the he's the president of Heretic Records. What what is with these two movies with having like girlfriend slash like other women situations that are just kind of like morally dubious right from the get go? Sort of, uh, not so much in the first one, because like because like 
well, like, neighbor lady shows up, and she's like, hello, man who lives in this house. I'm just using your pool, smooch. I'm going to come oh, over right. later and dump my kid on you and maybe have sex with you and then disappear from the film. Well, that's kind of funny because she's, like, using her womanly uh, charms to fucking <laughs> dupe Roger into fucking watching her kid. Which is kind of funny. The punchline of that is funny. This is just, like... Okay, he's a scumbag. He's and a... to be fair, like in that movie, she left Roger because of everything that with the kid, and yeah. she kind of like clearly blamed him. This movie, it's like, no, she's just his his wife's just you know doing her job. To be fair, and like she just works for this kind of womanizer guy. But she's kind of into him too, so it's easy for her to yeah. Because doesn't he doesn't he walk up and kiss her right in the mouth? Kiss her right on the fucking mouth. Yeah, and I'm like Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, super creepy. Uh, and then he he meets uh, what's her face, Amy Asbeck, and they kind of just go away for a while. And she he's there to like interview her or whatever. So they t- so he takes her and uh, takes Kate and Amy Asbeck out. Or Amy Asbeck's Lana, by the way. Not that like it fucking matters because she's in it for like two seconds. Um, but yeah, they go and have a meeting or whatever. And then we have actually my favorite scene in the film. Uh, they go back down to the basement to see how Gramps is doing, and he's just got this box of tissues, and he's taking one out after another, like, man, where did they all come from? <laughs> they just keep coming and coming and coming. But then uh, immediately after he says that, he runs out of them. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's, like, looking at the box, like, hey. This, this void of infinite paper seems to have run dry. He goes, I broke it, and then throws the box. And then he just starts shitting on Ronald Reagan, which I thought was hilarious. He's like, this guy, he can't act. Calls him a fucking pansy. To call Ronald Reagan a pansy is awesome. He's like, he wouldn't have survived in my time, and this is when he starts going on to his fucking life story. Yeah, they ask him about Slim Razor, like anybody gives a shit, and, uh, you know, who's watching the movie, and they're like, oh, time to get back to the fucking actual plot. (laughs) Well, yeah, they ask him about Slim because they're trying to find out his past about the the skull, and then he's like, uh, he tells them about that. And then Jesse's just like, hey, uh, hey, Gramps, because that's what they're calling him now. Y- you ever rob a stagecoach? He's like, yeah, 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 I have. All the goddamn time. And then he, there's just like a montage of him telling stories and them drinking beer. Yeah, they kill those. They, they kill a 24. Easy. They're drinking that bud dry. Again, it's just like a bunch of crossfades. I, I, I don't need it. You know what I mean? Like, we don't need to see that this part. And if you're going to tell the fucking story, tell it. How does Grandpa get drunk if he's dead? He keeps he needs more beer, man, all the time. So maybe that's the thing. <laughs> this is the only thing that can sustain me now. <laughs> <laughs> that crystal skull and uh, six pack of Bud Dry. It's part of that, part of that con artist Aztec curse. I <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm starting to think those guys weren't really Aztecs. <laughs> and then in the course of them having this conversation, and Bill Mars listening to this woman sing, um. 50 or 60 people end up in the upstairs that no one really notices for a fucking Halloween party. Yeah. This is when I was getting serious Dead Alive vibes. I was like, oh no, this is going to end poorly. <laughs> it never goes there, though. No, it doesn't. I'm disappointed. And, oh, why are we throwing a fucking Halloween party in this movie? Yeah, we blew, we blew it again, guys. <laughs> yep, we sure did. I was thinking the same thing. Me too, because it was like, because when they bring Gramps back, he was like, what year is it? And they're like, 1986, October 30th. I'm like, <sighs> <laughs> skirting around it once again i missed that line <laughs> when this happened i was like oh and charlie's like oh duh. 
I forgot I invited all those people for a fucking Halloween party to your house without telling you about it. This guy. Sorry, I was blackout drunk with your dead grandpa. This guy is just fucking drifting in his house, just like came there to visit and just hasn't left. And he's just inviting people there, clearing out his liquor cabinet. And then we're introduced to another fucking who could give a shit character. Rochelle, his uh, Jesse's old girlfriend? Question mark? I guess. Or his side piece, maybe? Who also walks up and just sucks on his face. Yeah. She just fucking lays it on him. And he has like a look of longing when he's looking at her, right? Like, I, I didn't mistake that. The one that got away. Yeah, is it? And also, is he married to, to, to Kate? I think he's married. I thought it was GF. But that could be wrong. Either way, they're together in a capacity where they're moving in together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But this whole scene, I was like, oh, God, it's like the holiday switch all over again. All these people suck. Oh, God. Like, it's just look yeah. at this. It's the same situation. Who invited her? But I just love that he doesn't. I mean, spoilers. He doesn't pick either of them, which I'm like, all right, that kind of redeems the situation. Like it might have wasted time, which is annoying. But I think it's kind of cool to just be like, all right, well, I don't have to choose A or B. Like, it's not just new coke or pepsi like i'm just gonna go and have a ritz cola yeah but i'm gonna have a fucking dr pib i'm gonna tell i'm gonna i'm gonna take this woman that can't speak or some shit um i kind of love the end of this flick but we'll get there <laughs> so of course bill maher sees this kiss happen and you could just see it on his face that he's like ready to tell uh kate the second that he gets a chance man he gets he gets stupid excited he's like slapping the shoulder he's like hey 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 hey. i gotta tell you something he's licking his lips he's ready to fucking go well you know but to jake's point like i kind of can't blame the guy as annoying as he is yeah, he's like that annoying kid at school who's like, ooh, <laughs> but then you're like, well, I mean, objectively, the kid did something bad. But also, Jesse doesn't even, like, try to, like, back off on her or, like, try to explain it or be like, yo, Rochelle, what the fuck? He just kind of stands there enamored. He, well, you know, he does. He's like, he's trying to fucking get his wits about him, and he's like, what the fuck are you doing here? I got a fucking grandpa zombie in the basement. He's also trying to correlate the fact that this party's happening in his oh, house yeah. without him knowing. <laughs> and also now the zombie grandpa is upstairs like trying to hit on people and dance and shit yeah and charlie's like yeah he's just trying to fuck he's dancing with that chick what's the, what's the problem jess and he's like um can i tell you what i thought the like resolution was going to be with this love triangle when i first saw the movie i thought for sure that grandpa jesse mclaughlin would somehow find a way to become young like the curse and basically you just have two of the young jesse mclaughlin and one would go to each girl yeah right or something like that that is Far more compelling than what we guess. Like, I guess what happens what is what would happen in real life. <laughs> yeah, basically. But, but like, what? Which to Sean's point, like, yeah, like he contests it, but like she goes off the fucking deep end without actually having any proof of him doing anything with this chick. Sure, she she assaults him. Okay. <laughs> um. Also, so. All this stuff is going down. Charlie's like, who cares if your grandpa's out here? It's Halloween. Everyone thinks he looks great. Sure. It's like that episode of Elf. Yeah. Yeah, until his dick falls off inside her. <laughs> oh, my oh, God. Wow. He's swimming around in there. Oh, man. Ew. Oh, man. This would have worked 70 years ago. Oh, damn it. Oh, my twink fell off in there. I <laughs> To be honest, I had concerns about this, but now that it's actually happening, I don't know what to say. I lost my dead wood. So, uh... In the middle of all this, uh, Dr. Death Steve Williams just walks down the stairs. Um, yeah, what the fuck? Oh, okay, <laughs> can, can we talk about this? I legitimately had to Google the fact that it's this guy, Guy Wetshith, and not Road Warrior Animal. <laughs> yeah, right, I was thinking I that. I was like, what fucking, what, what forlorn pro wrestler is this who needed a fucking gig? 
Um, he comes down dressed like Grognak, the fucking barbarian from Fallout. <laughs> yeah. But speaking of pro wrestlers, he plays uh, Buzzsaw from The Running Man, which is basically just like murderous pro wrestlers. Probably one of the more memorable bad guys in that movie, too. What about Sub-Zero? <laughs> oh, my God. Fucking A. <laughs> Plane Zero. Plane Zero. <laughs> when he comes out, that gorilla we were talking about earlier that Kane Hodder's playing, uh, he gets fucking like clotheslined from hell off the fucking balcony by this dude. Dude, what the f- and nobody fucking reacts. This guy punches a man over a balcony who then lands on a couch, doesn't die, and nobody even vocalizes. Like, nobody screams, no one does anything like, whatever, the pro wrestling man just knocked over that monkey man. It's okay. Eh, Uncle Joey did it in full house. He's okay. <laughs> Someone looks over and they're like, are they filming this for an angle or something? Like, what is this? Is this kayfabe? Are we breaking kayfabe? Does it work? <laughs> Kane Hodder looks so tiny. In this film, it's weird. Weird, right? Maybe it's just the way they shot him against this guy, or that guy is just that much bigger than he is. I think that guy is that much bigger. <laughs> so this fucking, you know, this barbarian guy uh, is going after the skull because the here we here we get to the theme of the fact that like everybody's after this fucking skull, and and this house is like the the quote unquote temple or like epicenter where the where this fucking thing is. Even though it's been sitting in a goddamn grave for 70 years, all of a sudden now that it's in the house, everybody fucking wants it. And like, it's- that's my, and this is, this is where like, like where I decided how I feel about the movie because uh, like, okay, so the skull is super important. There are forces trying to get it. As soon as it's out of the ground, the house is seemingly like, all right, burly man, go take it. And he does. And like, with no, like, and this happens three or four more times. It's incredibly easy to obtain this item because no one's watching it properly. They just put it on a fucking shelf. The mantle. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why does it have to be in this cradle? Gramps has had it on him for 70 fucking years in the ground. Why doesn't he just hold on to it? Or, like, put it in a suitcase or, like, a bowling case on a fucking shelf somewhere. Fucking bury it again. <laughs> yeah, or that, too. Yeah, nobody will find it. And nobody's... That's a thing, too. Like, he they he mentions it's a temple, but, like, it's also not a haunted house. It's literally just, like, a thin house where parallel universes just happen to come out of different places. Also, like, why is the Aztec... Whatever the fuck going on with this place. Why is, why it- is there so many ideas just jammed <laughs> to fucking gather? Because we're writing this in a fucking week and it has to be bigger and better than the first movie. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I get it. I get it, man. But it, it, it's, it makes for a poor result. Wait, remember- oh, no, I'm not, I'm not saying that. It, I'm not justifying it. Oh, I'm yeah, just telling sure. you what, what the reason was. Yeah, I wish the skull, like, did anything. Right. Because my idea, like... You know, in Lord of the Rings, for example, they're able to find Frodo because Frodo uses it and boom, like there's your ping on the radar. But with this, it's just like, oh, six feet of dirt changed everything. Yeah. Yeah. That's my big thing. Like, what was the stop? What was the stop fucking Hercules and the Moon Man from going outside and digging up fucking (laughs) grandpa and just taking it from him? Like nothing. Or how about the motherfucking dead cowboy that was already out and about in 1950? Yeah. First of all. I'm glad you brought him up because the movie doesn't bother mentioning him for another fucking 45 goddamn minutes. Um, no. And he's supposed to be the villain of the story. Like, if he has ready access to this building and is essentially just a ghost who can pop out of, you know, any anywhere, um, what is he doing? Is he just taking a shit the whole time? Yeah, I would love a montage of him just, like, digging six feet down and then, like, sidestepping four times and then digging. And there's, like, this long, like, 
you know, elaborate thing where radiating from the house for the last 50 years, he's dug every <laughs> single plot, every square foot to try and find this thing. And he was like five feet away before Jesse and Charlie get it. I mean, he's probably realistically he's underground in those tunnels with the being and Norm and, ble- and, the, ble- and the bleeders. Oh, the bleeders are definitely under this fucking house, dude. And Jan Valak's down there. They're, you know, they're they're hanging out. They got that little fucking city going down there. It's nothing special, but Granny Van Dam was definitely looking for the skull if it's something that kind of maintains your youth. I'm pretty sure she was fucking bumping in that coffin with Gramps. Oh, yeah. No. I, I could see it. He needed a little He needed a little entertainment in those fucking 70 years, so who's he call up? GVD. Yeah, man. She likes him because he has that mask on so he can't see her. She had the fucking potato trill- children fucking burrow into his thing, into his coffin. <laughs> From the bottom. Yeah, she fucking slid right in there. She was like, hello, Jesse, long time no see. <laughs> I like your bandages and your mask. Oh, you look very good as a mummy. It's my kind of thing. I like your kinks. What is this treasure? I'm going to take it. Okay, you don't need it. You're very dead. Give me that skull, baby. But yeah, like I said, Hercules uh, comes downstairs and fucking just takes the skull and just just goes and runs upstairs. Dude, he runs out of there like that guy in fucking... uh two towers when he's running with the bomb oh yeah the fucking berserker like he, he's he's getting the fuck in in and out of there we're taking the skull for reasons uh, it, it's not even clear what they're actually using it for like the that's what i mean it doesn't do anything they're taking it to big ben he takes it so he can plan a, a fucking booby trap around just like he's like i'm gonna put it here and i'm gonna jump out of the bushes and wrestle these guys uh, i guess uh, 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 later in at the end of the film uh, it, it, we find out that it grants wishes maybe I guess. But anyway, yeah, so he takes his fucking thing and he puts it, like, near his campfire or whatever the fuck he's got. Well, before we... Okay, so he runs into the forest and, like, we it's established that, like, runs this... Runs into the forest! <laughs> Can we elaborate on that a little bit? Hey, I'm, I'm getting there, I'm getting there, because Gramps says something. So, like, the whole movie so far, they're like, Aztec this, Aztec that, Crystal Skull this, Aztec this. And then there's, like... They're like, yeah, he ran into that room, and Gramps goes, well, if he ran into that room, he's in the Stone Age. I'm like, he's in the jungle. Okay, what does it have to do with anything? And then suddenly it's like, now we're in the fucking center, journey to the center of the earth. Like, this suddenly becomes a movie about fucking dinosaurs. It's a little too much for me. Um, Also, like, you'd think it's dinosaurs, but whoever conceptualized this idea of prehistory was on lots of drugs. Um... Because he says, like, oh, Stone Age, but we're introduced to uh, a, a dogger pillar or a catter dog. I'm not really sure what to call Bippy. it. Uh, yeah. Bippy the catter puppy. Uh, and also, like, so they get into this fucking Stone Age jungle and they see the crystal skull in this campsite. And they go steal it and Hercules jumps out and, like, bench presses them while the crowd goes nuts. Um, <laughs> and uh, just starts, like, ragdolling all of them. And goes to murder Charlie, and then, like, a giant bipedal catfish walks up and just eats him. <laughs> I'm like, what the f- It's like a mole I'm shark. like, what the fuck is that even supposed to be? Is that your idea of a T-Rex? Why does it have a mustache and whiskers? Like, it's supposed to be, like, a weird creature, but, like, if it's a weird creature, why are we trying to say it's in fucking prehistoric whatever? Like, right, why don't we just right. have some crazy weird dimension where there's just weird creatures? Yeah, and then, like... They're like, ah, we got the skull. And then a fucking... Well, first of all, Jesse goes, I got the skull! (laughs) And raises it. They were trying a little too hard for this joke, I felt like. Charlie fucking, real quick, before they go into this fucking door into this jungle, he, like, pulls an Uzi from his car. Yes! (laughs) 
and like this little pistol that and he, and and Jesse's like, "What is this? A fucking lighter, or whatever?" And he's like, "Nah, man, it's a gun. You shoot people." And he actually pulls it on the fucking barbarian guy, and it turns out to be a lighter. <laughs> That's a good joke, actually. I kind of like that. <laughs> they they also went right before they go in there. They go all Simon Basel on this fucking jungle. <laughs> they start unloading. Oh, dude, they fucking predator this whole fucking room. Yeah, it, yeah, it's st- it's still a room. It's like there's a lamp, but it's also a jungle. Like, well, it's kind of like Troll One a little bit. Yeah, it's like the first Troll movie. Phil Fonacaro's in there, like, kill me. <laughs> <laughs> He's got elf ears and shit. Yeah, yeah, poor bastard. Sonny Sonny Bono's a fucking pod person in the corner with a mustache. Somehow Jordy Verrill's there. We're not sure how the math works out, but it was a plant person, so it kind of felt natural. It's fine. His fucking brains are splattered all over something. Yeah, yeah, meteor shit. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so that bo- that monster kills the the creature person, and uh, Charlie doesn't get touched. Of course, he's just like, huh, meh, okay. Uh, Jesse, where are you? Let's get the fuck out of here. With, with a triumphant fucking raise of the skull, and this fucking pterodactyl comes and grabs it. He has a fucking victory pose. Okay, he does a he does a celebration taunt. Like he pressed <laughs> like he pressed L two and did his fucking gesture. <laughs> And then it gets taken by a fucking pterodactyl. Can we talk about how, like, disappointing it is that this fucking thing doesn't, like, have a quippy one-liner like the Flintstones or dinosaurs? It's just like, meh. And it's like, god damn it, puppet. Just have some personality. It's a living. Phil Phil Tippett, like, animated this in five minutes. He was like, here you go. Here's your pterodactyl. (laughs) And this is what he came up with. Like, think about that. It looks good for a second, but then, like, at some point, it's flying towards the, like, it's flying towards the background, and I guess it's designed to look like it's going up and back towards us, but the model just, it doesn't really fly upwards as much as it just kind of moves upwards without moving and kind of, like, glides across the screen. (laughs) Again, weekends and free time. Yeah. And Charlie goes, wow, you know, that thing ripped that uh, skull out of your hands without taking any skin off. Shit. <laughs> it was perfect. What? Why it stole it is still a mystery and really is only there so we can have s- more stupid dinosaur hijinks. Yeah, because we're climbing this fucking giant tree and... In a movie called House 2, the second story, by the way. Yeah, we're we're climbing a, gi- a gigantic fucking tree. Um, it's huge. It's the biggest map painting you ever seen. I was looking for Earl Sinclair to come in with the fucking bulldozer. <laughs> See what I mean? <laughs> um, yeah, he comes over, just pushes the tree over, uh, and he gets up there and like he's attacked by like what looks like a fucking well, the the ter- the pteranodon like pterodactyl drops it into its nest and like there's two eggs there, and then when he climbs up there, one of them hatches or it has hatched. Yeah, and it's looking for something to eat. And wants the skull. And it's like a fucking dodo bird. Yeah. <laughs> it does look like a dodo. <laughs> it, it does. It's a fucking dodo bird. It's a fucking dodo bird. Um, <laughs> Like with like it's a giant puppet dodo bird. And like Jesse is the slowest man on earth because you could just like this thing is big enough to punch and or something. Yeah. Um, also voiced by Frank Welker. Uh, <laughs> and it doesn't say anything. Like, that's frustrating, right? You paid somebody to make fake sounds of a dinosaur. God damn it. Hey, Trey Parker, Matt Stone paid George Clooney to come in and say, and, and meow at times, okay? So, I mean, that's what Frank Welger does, right? He makes fucking animal noises and shit and then does his deep voice. So while he's trying to get this gem while this, uh, cr- this skull, rather, while this creature's attacking him, on the ground, Charlie's just kind of saying, yeah, yeah, you could do it, you could do it. That's really high. If you fall, you're going to probably die. Uh, this this catter puppy, as it's known to be called. Uh, also Frank Welker. <laughs> 
starts starts uh, tunneling towards them. Again, probably passes Norm. We're just going to keep that joke going. <laughs> um, and then uh, the fucking mama bird comes in and starts attacking Jesse at the top of the tree. And this motherfucker grabs the baby, the gem, and just fucking plummets. And they fucking Marv and Harry through this fucking floor. <laughs> oh, they here. Okay. I don't care what magical shenanigans are going on here. These two men are pulp. Like, they, <laughs> they, I don't care if the, like, cool, the ceiling of that room broke your fall. However, when you hit that floor in your house, you're a dead man. Oh, man. It, it, they go right through this fucking ground and into the basement. It is a cool effect, though, because I didn't, I didn't, it is I really didn't expect that to happen. I thought, like, Charlie was going to catch him. But, like, yeah, they hit the, they hit the soil. And then suddenly they're crashing through the ceiling of another room in the house. And Gramps does have a great quip where he's like, why don't you just use the stairs? Did you get the beer or what? <laughs> yeah, he keeps asking him, where's the beer? Didn't you go to get me more beer? And meanwhile, this is finally when you're reminded that Bill Maher's in the movie. Because he's like, what was that loud sound on the other side of the room? Sounded, and then as Amy Asbeck has her one other line where she's like, it sounded like a bomb. Oh, this is where you actually see the, ki- the, the dog or pillar. Because Charlie thinks it's eating him. Uh, and they... Uh, remove all the moss and shit and it's this kind this kind of uh, endearing uh practical effect that just looks like a fucking green bookworm caterpillar with a pug face i love this puppet and i love this character and this is the my favorite part of the movie uh i do like it because it's it's of all the whimsical nonsense it's the whimsical nonsense i kind of like but it's like it's like more of that please yeah Right? Yeah, more of this more of yeah. this fantasy insanity, please. Like, that's the only that's the weirdest thing in the movie <laughs> is a dog caterpillar because everything else besides maybe what, the mole shark thing, everything else is pretty tame. Well, right, and you think about the first movie, how like all these really strange and uh varying creatures like i always think of that fucking uh that gargoyle thing that grabs the shotgun and just fucking spins it and fires it at him oh yeah man like stuff like that that's not in this movie the fucking deadite yeah it's like like the first one had like really horrific shit that would pop out of his house and this is just like yeah here's this adorable dog worm yeah and a pterodactyl baby yeah and this is weird because this takes place before autocorrect existed so it's not as though like it was a typo (laughs) and it was like oh well i guess we're just going with dog caterpillar like somebody purposefully went and was like dog caterpillar ahem caterpuppy and we're gonna name it blippy bippy oh yeah bippy excuse me and no one ever stops to explain what the fuck it is or where it comes from and it's just around the rest of the movie dude the the stuff between the, the bippy and gramps are is the best parts of this film but they come back and there's like this extended sequence where like Bill Maher is like, you're up to more shady bullshit or whatever. And like Tina, come, Tina, she comes in. Yeah, she comes in and blows up his head with psychic powers. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and Kane Hodder was in this. She just goes full scanners on him. <laughs> just blows the house up. Um, this whole back and forth with like, you're up to no good, blah, blah, blah. And Jesse's like, no, for real. I dug my grandpa up. He had a crystal skull. It should have made him young, but it didn't. Um, and then a giant man stole the crystal skull and I went and fought dinosaurs. And then we fell to the ceiling and that's really what happened. Truthfully. Want me to prove it to you? And then he like opens a pantry and that fucking Rochelle chick is in there drunk as fuck. Is in there wine drunk off her ass. Right. But it was grandpa before. Yeah. So he's like, oh, what the fuck happened? Because there's a trick <laughs> wall like it's the goddamn Scooby-Doo yeah. show. There's a fucking Scooby-Doo fucking trap in there. So then both women come up for some reason. They both slap the shit out of them and they, they march out with Bill Maher. And Bill Maher's like, come getting lucky tonight. And they fuck off from the movie. <laughs> 
They drive right out of it. They Joe Estevez the fuck out of this film. Okay? <laughs> they they are all they get the goodbye Joe treatment and they disappear. Bill Maher manages to get Tina and Amy Yazbek. And he just fucking laughs all the way to the fucking wherever they're going, the fucking Coke bar. He's gonna have uh he's Presumably already has fame and, uh, you know, fame and fortune and now has uh, another man's girlfriend, a singer, while this movie is going to end with Jesse with <laughs> virtually nothing. It's going to be like fucking M- Miguel Ferrer in RoboCop. Here's my question. Why does Lana leave? Why does she like why does Lana leave? Why does she just ditch Charlie? Because she's getting a record contract. Fuck him. Oh, uh, yeah, true. And he doesn't seem to give a shit about her either. He's like, no. yeah, whatever. I'm hitting on women at this party. They stop interacting at some point. I think it's like several. It's like. Several scenes before this, like, they don't have any more interactions together, Charlie and Lana. It's just pointless. Why don't we just kick the fucking movie off with Charlie and Jesse? That's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, like the roommates or something. Yeah, right, exactly. Or neighbors. Mm. Oh. Because, you know, he's just going to be the third wheel forever. It's also a lot creepier. Now that I'm thinking about it, like, it's way creepier when Roger is in the house by himself and he thinks he's losing his mind. Yeah. Rather than just like, oh, okay, well, my grandpa's a zombie, and he, he let's walk into the closet because there's a jungle. <laughs> like when you when you put it into words, right? Yeah, and that's my thing with the first movie is that a lot of the the, the supernatural shenanigans you can, as we said, trace back to and find a way to connect them to his like PTSD and Vietnam right. and all that stuff, and how you could even get away with saying it all happened in his fucking head. I think that's why it works better. You could hear all of that yeah, and over on Slasher's podcast. <laughs> yes, you can. House one. You should go do that. Exactly. And, and like, maybe that movie just ended with him shooting himself and lighting his fucking house on fire. But, like, this is like, well, and then the fucking dinosaur showed up, and then Bill Maher stole his girlfriend, and then, uh, fucking, and then a magical electrician showed up, and also, uh, Aztec Crash Bandicoot characters are also gonna show up in a couple minutes. Plot stuff. Plot stuff. Yeah, lots of it. All condensed in this 90-minute package, even though we need three hours to explain all of it. Yeah, so... Uh, so they so they fuck off, and then Grandpa's like, and they or, or excuse me, they take Rochelle out of the fucking closet, and she just I don't know gets a cab or whatever. She also gets Joe Estevez. Oh yeah, she's gone. <laughs> Who could care, right? Well, and then and then Gramps is like, yeah, you know, there was a revolving door. I just wanted to play a prank. Sorry, it was on you, Jesse. He's like, oh, okay, Gramps, you just ruined my love life. It's fine. I'm sorry, it cost you your relationship. <laughs> Why didn't she? Ju- why didn't he just show them the fucking baby pterodactyl instead? Right. Yeah, because he opens the cabinet next to this, and like, there's a baby pterodactyl with the baby with the crystal skull in it, and it's screeching. And wh- like, no one turns around to acknowledge this, and also Je- Jesse doesn't go like, mm, "Look, baby dinosaur," or be like, "Okay, well, Rochelle's in that closet, but there's also a fucking baby dinosaur in here." Well, it's like that convenience thing. Anytime a movie has like a thing that would inherently make noise, but they don't want it to make noise. It just doesn't. You know what I mean? It's like one of those things. Yeah. I would love if he opens up. He's like, okay. He's like, okay, Rochelle's in that closet. But in his cabinet, he opens it up and it's Rochelle again. (laughs) (laughs) It's just her head. (laughs) That would be great. She's like, what are you doing? She's secretly a magician. He just never knew. Hey, Chucky. (laughs) So then like grandpa's, I love this because grandpa's feeding Bippy like beer in a fucking baby bottle. (laughs) I love it so much. And then, like, he goes upstairs and, like, fucks around and, like, hears, like, uh... uh, Spurs. uh, Spurs, yeah. And then he gets his ass kicked by a bunch of fucking tribal Aztec guys. Yeah. Oh, my God. These guys show up all... Oh, 
Oh yeah, man. And start like beating grandpa. Like they fucking they they like they they mug grandpa like <laughs> to the fucking Crash Bandicoot music. Yes, I will praise this movie in one capacity when they go in and they're rescuing grandpa and the maiden virgin lady. Like la- poor man's Larry Appleton doesn't use a sword at all <laughs> until he's like life or death and Charlie chucks it to him and he like slashes the dude's throat and murders him and I was like oh that's good escalation that's like almost like his character developed right there that's weird whoops um but before that happens um yeah we're uh you know we're going back to that place where everybody knows your name <laughs> yep because we're bringing in somebody else from cheers this is this was distracting because the second he opened his mouth, I'm like, "You're fucking ham. That's all you are. You're fucking yeah, sure is. Yeah, <laughs> fucking John Ratzenberger. You are. You are Mr. Pixar. Also, here is the other weird house connection. He played Cliff Calvin, or excuse me, Cliff Clavin on Cheers, who was fucking Norm's best friend. And also. After he appears in the movie, I'm wondering why the fuck he didn't star in the movie because he has more charisma than everybody else combined. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He comes in as like, this is where the movie like kind of not restarted, but like re- like reignited any interest I had in it because suddenly he shows up and I'm like, okay, his demeanor is very suspicious in an entertaining way because he kind of comes in and like he's he's like yep blah, 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 and just quipping left and right and like immediately puts this weird ass ghostbusters box on the wall uh <laughs> and he's like oh no oh no he's supposed to be an electrician yeah uh, he, well he's he's an electrician and an adventurer well we don't know that yet <laughs> so i know but like does he have his fucking stats rolled up does he have him ready to show i think so the fuck the tone of the film totally changes for this part yeah yeah, because it becomes it like exceedingly self-aware. It goes way goofy. Yeah. for this part, yeah. and it's like, oh, uh, yeah, and like so he has this like box against the wall. He's like, oh no, oh that's bad. Oh well, okay, you better leave the room. I need to work by myself. And he rips the fucking <laughs> electrical wire out of the wall, dude. He pulls a curly from Three Stooges. I could not. This gave me anxiety because it's just like he walks into someone's house and he's like, well, time to vandalize the place. Hmm, broken. This is a this is a classic Three Stooges move. You always see those in the old fucking episodes. Oh, Curly yeah. or fucking Larry ripping up the friggin' copper wire in the wall. Yep. <laughs> and just ripping all that fucking plaster and lath oh, yeah. right off that motherfucker. So then he goes to wake up uh, Charlie. Ugh. Okay, this is where... <laughs> and there's this bottle of vodka oh, on the bed next God. to Charlie. Um, let me tell you something. If I'm asleep and you walk up and you pour vodka into my open mouth... Um, I'm going to get up and kill you. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Yeah, that's not even hair of the dog. That was horrifying cuz like it like I don't like like I don't do clear liquor. I don't I hate it. Um it all just tastes like like fucking just just like rubbing alcohol is what I imagine uh that tastes like. Um and just watching someone sh- pour this down a fucking an unsuspecting man's throat made me actually physically react to it. I mean, it wakes him up. It gets him off his ass. That doesn't wake him up. Like, I think, actually, like, fucking Jesse has to start throttling him after pouring uh, fucking vodka down his throat. Yeah. I thought Charlie was dead. I'm like, holy shit, did he just die in his sleep? Like, did he just fucking, did he get a, what's it called? Did he vomit and choke on it? Yeah. Did he pull a Hendrix? Old Jimi Hendrix. That's what I was going for. (laughs) Roll him on his side. That's how Hendrix died. R.I.P., man. But yeah, like, like Jake was saying, they go in there into the fireplace, essentially, to 
figure out where the skull is, but the way they go in there is through this fucking hole in the wall that the electrician made. Well, and he's like, he's like, yep, you got a problem here. Different dimension going on there. I was like, what? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. Are you guys Simpsons heads? Yes. By any chance? Yeah. Because this reminds me of the episode where Mr. Burns is getting his physical and he like breaks the machine and the electrician comes up and he's like, yep, here's your problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see it. Um, but yeah, like, so they show him the, this fucking hole in the wall and they go in the fireplace, but then like Jesse and Charlie just appear with scimitars. Like, they're like, oh, we know what to do here. And they go get swords and they go into this fucking hole in the wall and Bill the electrician is like, oh yeah, I know how to do here. Opens up his toolbox, removes the top layer like he's fucking Antonio Banderas in Desperado, and pulls out <laughs> and pulls out his own scimitar. Immaculate, by the way. That is his adventure fucking saber. I love it. That yeah, that is my this is my adventure in sword. It's got a fucking plus five strength stat on it. All right, because <laughs> it's got a gold hilt. Yeah, he throws down the spool of fucking wire and he ties it to his leg as he goes in. I guess just in case. Yeah. Like, Billy Electrician, the trained adventurer who knows all this shit, is, like, worry-free. Also, when he walks up on Jesse and Charlie as they're investigating the fireplace, Charlie gets, like, scared, swings his sword at him, and Bill stops it with a hammer without even emoting. No. He's like, oh, hey, dudes, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> it's just such a weird fucking part of this movie. And then they go fight a bunch of racist interpretations of his <laughs> Yeah. 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 That's putting it lightly. <laughs> like this. Also, before they go and fight these Aztec priests, I think it's Charlie looks at Jesse and is like, what are you afraid? Don't be a fag. Uh, I was like, whoa! What? I must have missed that. Yeah, he sure does. That got a fucking groan out of me. Yes, that happens. And I was like, no. Yes. For like five minutes, this movie becomes incredibly problematic because that line gets dropped and they go downstairs. Well, they're just doing this like fake fucking made up language, which is like, come on, guys. Like, they're- Yeah, they're all going. They sound like generic savages. I think they even say like mecha like a high, mecha like a honey ho at one point. <laughs> Almost fucking positive. But they're all in like these giant, ridiculous chrome fucking headpieces. It's kind of cool. Sticking out actually. It is kind of cool that like from a design perspective, they are interesting. Yeah. However, the motivation is questionable. We're also introduced to the final character of the film, this fucking sacrificial girl. This unknown virgin woman who doesn't say a word. She doesn't even get a name. No. Apollonia or some shit. They don't even give her like a pretend name. Like, oh, that's too difficult for me to pronounce. So you're going to be Sharon. <laughs> Right? Well, when you look up what she was credited as, it was just victim. No, virgin. Oh, virgin. Right, right. I mean, I guess that's what they're going for. Virgin sacrifice the Aztecs did that kind of stuff, I guess is, like, I, I still don't get the whole Aztec angle, I'm sorry. Why? <laughs> well, they go into this, which admittedly is a cool set, like, they go into this, like, like the, the path leads to an Aztec, like, temple chamber, but there's no, there's no other entrances into this room, and then the floor is broken off in some points, just leads to lava. I'm like, what is the purpose of this room, and how did these assholes get into it? Temple of Doom Light. Dude, it's like a Temple of Doom fight yeah. scene, because Charlie goes all Tarzan, he's like, watch this! Fucking Errol Flynn. Grabs, like, a rope hanging from the ceiling, like it's a fucking Six Flags uh, super show or some <laughs> shit. The Indiana Jones uh, fucking Six Flags show? Yeah, at Disney. Oh, yeah, that's a, that was Disney, right? But yeah, same, same kind of thing, right? And uh, he, he goes in, he knocks a couple guys over, but they all have weapons. I don't know how they don't just shank this guy in midair. Yeah, I don't know how, the, I don't know how these three... Well, okay, no, Bill has uh, credentials, but like these two idiots walk in and just like have no problems dealing with like elite 
like ancient guards performing a ceremony who are all armed. Yeah. Um, who all just get bamboozled by a bunch of idiots. I have to ask, do you think that this house is like a uh, flashpoint for the Buchanan? Do you think this is like where he got the technology <laughs> from? Uh, who's to say the Buchanan isn't one of these fucking houses, okay? Oh, like this is like the one particular prototype of it or, or it evolved yeah. into it maybe? Yeah, it's in the basement, right? <laughs> Like Wayne Zelensky's fucking shrink ray, it's just hanging out down there. Exactly. All these, all these, all these houses are batteries that power the Butte Cannon, so we can eventually just shoot a giant hole in the fucking sky and let Genghis Khan out. It's it's disguised as a fucking mansion, though, is what happens. Yes. I mean, you think about that though. John Hurt puts all this time and energy. He's basically immortal, as far as we can tell, and he has this thing in his basement. And somebody fucks with it one day, and he gets sent back in time, and he's going to start from scratch. I don't know, dude. Anything could happen. But it seems like this. This house is only a portal to, like, some weird prehistoric world that also has Aztecs. Right. Which is, like like I said before, like, with the first movie, it all comes back to Roger. Right. Like, it all can be traced back to, you know, stuff that's happening in his head. In this movie, it's like, yeah, it's fucking Aztec bullshit in, like, Pennsylvania or some shit. Who cares? Don't think about <laughs> Question it. Question mark. It's it's kind of like have you ever been to fucking Universal or Disney and you go on those rides that are kind of like a show? It's like we just take a bunch of those and combine them and we made a film. Yeah, exactly. Except it is it is like it's like walking into you said Six Flags. It's like walking into one of the theme sections of the park where like suddenly you go from like Prospector Town to like Egyptian Town. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, like yeah. <laughs> Reminds me a lot of like playing D and D with like people who had like the preconceived notions of what their character was gonna be, <laughs> right. and they just like go in and you're like wait a second, you're a samurai and you're a gay Swedish chef. Like, what the <laughs> fuck happened? And then, like, they're too obstinate to change, and then you're just like, all right, I guess that's just the game now. Right, That those are the characters in this medieval fantasy realm. And the DM just does not give a shit. He's just like, all right, put it all together. <laughs> he's just, he's he's tossed his book behind him hours ago. <laughs> he's just, like, going with whatever the fuck. Um, but yeah, so they, they fight off these fucking, these, these priests and warrior priests, um, save this unnamed woman, not even like i mean realistically where else was she gonna go except the only other door out of this built out of this fucking yeah, room right well yeah and bill is like go on i'll take care of these guys shanks one of the fucking priests <laughs> and he's like follow the string and they get back out bill's already there yeah i kind of like that gag i really like that a lot and he's so nonchalant about it like oh what took you guys so long yeah what took you guys so long by the way here's my card and it says bill electrician and adventurer bill towner well, I gotta go. What bums me out, like, they never establish how he is paid or reimbursed for his <laughs> services rendered, and I'm like, I need to know. Like, I know it's a weird thing to be obsessed with, and like, what do you charge for that? You charge him by the hour or by the conquest, like... Or is the conquest his payment? Like, is he there as an electrician, but he's like, oh, you have different dimensions in your walls, no money needed. Yeah, I was thinking that too, like, if he gets an adventure out of it, he doesn't charge him, you think? <laughs> oh, that's fair. Or he get they get the bill in the mail, and it's like the typical electric works part of the bill, and the other part of the bill is like 5Gs for fighting fucking demons, and in a portal or some shit. Technically, he didn't fix the electric. He fucked it up even more. Like, he ripped a fucking hole in this guy's wall. Yeah. He caused lots of property damage and then helped them fight a bunch of fucking, you know, warrior priests and then was like, I'll be on my way now. Yeah, it's on me. See ya. Didn't fix the hole or anything. <laughs> yeah. I said good day. Yeah, you get nothing. <laughs> then we get this dinner scene. Why? This is the... This is... <laughs> I, I have no fucking words for this. This is like one of the most bizarre sequences in a film I've ever seen. I stopped to go in the Phantom Zone chat. I was like, I'm at a dinner scene with a zombie mummy prospector, a dog caterpillar, 
of a, a speechless Aztec virgin, um, uh, and and a, and a regular ass a guy bird. A, and a fucking pterodactyl, yeah, a dodo bird. Every time it cuts to Bippy, I laughed out loud. And he's he's at the table with a fucking handkerchief and everything. He's he's at the table with a fucking bib on, and so is the pterodactyl. But I, I don't know. It's just. I don't know. It gets me every time. <laughs> and then to uh, advance the plot, they take the uh, lid off the turkey, and there's uh, Slim Razor. <sighs> sure is. I, which I love. This is my favorite part of the entire it's pretty movie. Cool. Because I, as I watch that, am imagining him sitting under the platter <laughs> lid, being like, this is going to be so fucking gnar, bro. I'm going to scare the fucking shit out of these fucking dorks, and they're not going to see it coming. And I love the, like, the thought of in a parallel dimension, they just are like, you know, I'm just not hungry. And he's just sitting there like, fuck, fuck, fuck. So wait a second. There's a parallel dimension under that platter, <laughs> you think? Yeah, I think so. Why not? Could be. I guess so. Why the fuck not? You're telling me you could have a caterpillar dog, but I can't have a parallel dimension under a platter? That is some kind of discrimination, sir. <laughs> no, no, I'm saying it's fine. I'm just saying, like, has we have we made the transition to, like, dinnerware from doors and walls in this house? Yeah. I think a portal could be anywhere, especially if the Buke Cannon's involved. It, you know, it's kind of spotty. If you can close something, when you close it, there's a different dimension in there. I The thing is, too, uh, this is the only character that functions as a ghost. Right. Oh, that's a good point. And he has the coolest fucking entrance because they take the lid off this this platter and he's, he Beetlejuices out of the fucking <laughs> dinner table. It is fucking awesome. Awesome, okay? He just fucking floats all up. It skirts the line between looking really silly like the end of uh, Nightmare when uh, Nancy's mom gets pulled into the tiny fucking window in the door. Um, But, like, it's much slower and it looks cooler and he fucking floats up and because the design of him is so awesome, um, the whole presentation is pretty great. Well, what does he... he, Explain this a little, Connor. Give people a picture. Um, So they pull this fucking, you know, this lid off his dinner plate and, like, there's just his head and he just slowly... Worms out of this fucking, you know, portal hole, whatever the fuck, and levitates over this table and he's like, or something. I'm know. Frank Welker. Give me the skull. Well, I guess my point is like what he looks like because he, he kind of is like the grandpa where he's got this really like faded skin and, and loose and, you know, sinewy skin. And he has this fucking really intimidating cowboy hat that has like these skulls embezzled on the front of him. He also has stark red hair. Yeah, he's also, he looks more like. So, so Gramps just looks like dead, but this dude looks like rotten. Right. Uh, yeah. Right. Like his whole, all his lips are off. So his teeth, he's got this fucking creepy grin with like a gold fucking tooth and shit. I mean, he's a pretty awesome fucking zombie cowboy. Yeah, he looks gooier. Yes. Less dusty. And he has a six shooter. <laughs> he looks like, um, what's his nuts in Indiana Jones after he fucking picks the wrong cup. <laughs> it's all <laughs> yeah. and shit. Um, but also like because Gramps looks like what you imagine of like, Hey, that's a friendly zombie and it's like okay yes. which he he's kind of evocative of like bub from uh day of the dead where it's like he has very kind of charming features and like his, while still dead he looks there's a friendly look to him whereas uh slim looks like just just eviscerated bullshit he's gonna hurt you <laughs> yes he looks he looks he's like a fucking he's beef jerky the man like he's just <laughs> He looks like you've gone hollow in Dark Souls. Well, then he shoots Gramps, and he books it out of there, and I guess steals the skull. Again, someone fucking steals the skull. And Charlie, like, chases after him, like, you son of a bitch, because he grabs the uh, virgin girl. Yeah, as like a as like a um hostage. But, like, this is where the story happens again that we were introduced to 45 minutes ago. Yeah. Right. And it's like, okay. Because Grandpa's like, 
yeah, you know, he was the man that killed your parents. He's like, use my six shooter. And then fucking Jesse's all getting all pumped up. Like, yeah, I'm going to do this. They even take a, a moment to pan the camera up from his feet to get the full fucking view of what he looks like with this belt on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, it yeah. really matters. <laughs> I'd sooner expect Jesse to shoot his own fucking foot off than ever land a shot with this thing. This man has never shot a gun in his life, I don't feel like. But he's about to fire a bunch of them. He shot that one with the lighter. Yeah, he did. The lighter version. And you just hope that he there's going to be like some sentimental thing, like he's going to avenge right. Grandpa with Grandpa's own guns. And then it's just like, oh, guess I don't have those guns anymore. This is the most long... It, it, it's like this drawn-out thing where like we're jumping out the window of the house, which brings us into another dimension as well. Right. See, and and this is where I was, I just like fell over. I was like, okay, the whole film, you've established that this house has very, very close, you know, like we've said, no, we've beaten it to death. Aztec. Aztec. And then suddenly he jumps to the window and he's in the fucking wild, wild west. He's in fucking Rock Ridge, dude. I was <laughs> like, none of this fucking matters. Like, this movie has no fucking rules. Like, Ken Forey's there. Michael Berryman's there. They're trying to get a chicken. They're trying to buy it. Funny you mentioned Berryman because he played the, or he would have played the Skull Cowboy in The Crow. And so I had him on my mind when we were watching this. Oh, weird. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, before when The Barbarian came out, it reminded me of Weird Science. And he's totally one of those biker guys that comes out. Hell yeah. Who's super polite. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He also slaps himself in the Giver. I just like talking about that scene. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of the Giver. If people have listened to my show, they know that that's actually the root of all of my discontent with authority because I once <laughs> went to rent that film from a that's warehouse right. and the guy's like, I think that you mean Matt Giver. And I said, basically, I'll never ask anybody for help in any regard ever again. <laughs> and I've stood by that for 30 years. I love that story. Fuck that guy. If you work at the video store, he should know what you're talking about, right? Fuck him. I'm going to find him one day. <laughs> and hit him with a copy of the Giver. No, you beat him death with Giver 2. That way he really gets the point. It's like, it even has a sequel, you Ooh. fuck face. <laughs> I kind of want to put it like on his Amazon wish list. And then so one day he's like sitting there and he's like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> just, it just arrives in the mail one day. So yeah, like you were saying, Connor, he jumps through a fucking window. He doesn't throw a chair or anything through it first. He just goes head first into glass. He jumps out this window for no reason. But but he lands in the Wild Wild West, and then he sees fucking Slim Razor standing there with his spectral the, the deteriorating ass horse. It's fucking cool, dude. That zombie horse was my favorite effect in the whole fucking movie. That thing looks so cool. Again, thank you, Phil, for coming in on the weekend and making this horse. Yeah. And I guess Charlie and girl are just uh, hung up in the gallows. Question mark? That I mean, they're there, but we don't even really see them again until the end of the film. What is this? What is this? This town now? What is this pocket dimension like? Is this this is where Jesse? Not Jesse. Is this where Slim lives? Like, what the fuck is this? I mean, maybe could be is like where you know the fucking saloons on the corner. The horror house is attached to it, and he's got the fucking general store. I guess it functions like Ben's uh, Vietnam, like purgatory thing of a joke from the first movie. But that's that's much more established without having to say anything. Well, that's that's much more. The what that's like Rogers Purgatory when you think about yeah. it. Yeah, where Ben exists, right? Like almost like yeah. almost like uh exactly. Roger gives him life, you know? Yeah, yeah, his like his guilt and resentment is kind of like manifest you know, supplies. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But as far as Slim goes, like again, like I said before, he's the only like ghost he only, he's the only thing that functions like a ghost in this film just like the first one like he can appear in a mirror or like again like come out of a plate of food or like um 
you know, ride a fucking ghost horse in from somewhere. And also, where's he been the whole fucking movie? I don't know. Taking a piss? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like they should have had like a central villain as opposed to just like a rat monkey and a barbarian <laughs> and some Aztec guys. Exactly. <laughs> right. Because who could give a shit? Like just and again, to, to squeeze in fucking another dude from Cheers to come in for two seconds and, do, and film a different movie and then leave. Right. Well, to be fair, best part of the film. No, for sure. It's one of the better parts. Sure. Hands down. I, I make fun of it all the time, but, like, it is a serious thing. Like, it does feel like uh, the Age of Ultron thing where Thor goes to go the trail, <laughs> the, 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 ca- the cave of teasers so that he can give us all an extended Infinity War trailer. Oh, yeah. Like, that felt like a fucking backdoor pilot for a different movie starring Bill the Adventure Electrician. Right, exactly. And he just leaves. You never get that movie. <laughs> well, then he gets chased out of this uh, fucking pocket dimension back to his house as slim is just shooting him left and right and he's he eventually gets like a fucking like action rifle out of one of i i guess his great great grandpa's fucking like shelf that's been there for years it's fucking cool man i love the lever action rifles right and uh at this point i guess he's been firing his gun off and slim's been firing his gun off so like every cop in the county is fucking pulling up on his lawn also this is like an estate right there's nobody around for miles, it seems like. It makes you, it, you're, like, led to believe. And because, like, the other house was, like, on a street. This is, like, got a long-ass fucking driveway and apparently on, like, a bunch of acreage and shit. Right. I've got real problems with the police presence of the rest of this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the fucking cops run up on this fucking lawn. We have another Friday the 13th alumni. We got Ron yes. Carroll as the fucking sergeant on the megaphone. You know, the guy at the end of the movie that's like, man, we, uh, we didn't find any boy. His little cameo, I guess. But yeah, they're inside, and like, uh, Jesse's been shot it twice now uh, by fucking Slim. Yeah, he got it in the arm and in the leg, and he's still walking around and shooting everything fine. Yeah, he's, he's still lifting things and... With no tourniquet, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a forty-five fucking revolver, dude. Like, that's a big hole. That's gonna put a fucking hole, like a golf ball-sized <laughs> hole in you. The exit wound. Slim corners him and doesn't finish him off. He, like, takes the time to, like, dig into his stomach and pull the skull out. I'm like, yeah, I finally got the skull. What the fuck was that about? Yeah, he's like, looky, looky what I have and takes five minutes to dig through his own rib cage so he can get this. Why'd you put it up there in the first place, dumbass? Like, And if it's inside you, why are you fucking with this guy? Just kill them all and leave. Yeah, also, why would you show him? Like, <laughs> wait, hold on. You're gonna, yeah, right? You're, you're gonna love this. Hang on. Check it out. <laughs> <laughs> But then it goes like full tesseract for for no reason that I could discern. It just like gets so bright that it it's fucking stunned slim for a second. I think is that like a power of good or something? I I think it's a power of ass pole because we need to get the fucking story wrapped uh, up. You know, finished up here. It's weird. It's just it's there just so that uh, Jesse can be like oh fuck, and then he just starts unloading on this guy with the rifle. It's just a window for him to shoot this fucking guy. And it this... glows, and Cedric Diggory and Harry Potter's parents pop out of it. They're like they're like do it. Oh, wait a minute, where are we, dude? It's fucking cool. <laughs> he like shoots uh, Slim in the head, and like half his fucking head gets blown off. But he's not done yet. He's like he's like I'm still here, motherfucker. Then he blows the other fucking half of his head off, and then all that's left is like his nose and his jaw and then he finally blows that up too and it's fucking really cool i really wish that the jaw would articulate when it was the only thing left like kind of do a jesus wept type thing oh that would be cool yeah i like that (laughs) this thing saying jesus wept would be 
fucking amazing. It's like Britney Spears in that South Park episode. Or if it was like on the floor, like fucking wriggling around the face. Yeah. Um, and then the police officers who are outside, for lack of a better term, Christopher Dorner, this fucking house, okay? Well, they get shot. Wow. They get shot, man. <laughs> so he, we, he kills Slim and then um, supposedly, purportedly, and then fucking he goes into to Gramps and like, he's like, oh, Gramps, are you okay here? I got the skull back. And he's like, oh, that's not going to save me. I got shot once and I'm a fucking zombie and I'm going to die anyway. All my dust is falling out of me. All my dust is falling out. I love you, great, great, great grandson. And he's like, I love you too, Grandpa. Bye. By the way, your grandpa and great grandpa were absolute losers. That's why we haven't talked about them once this entire film. (laughs) This is that one-off comment where he's like, Take the skull and get get yourself something nice like I did because I got to meet my great-great-grandson and do a lot of fun shit and, like, drive a Maserati and shit. I got to break my dick off in a young 20-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> Miracles happen. Wasn't fun for her, but it was fun for me. <laughs> Dreams really do come true. And and then, yeah, then, then uh, Slim comes in headless. He fires his fucking gun. And he misses Jesse, and he hits that fucking sergeant who's on the megaphone, and then they unload on the house. Oh, my God. They they shoot. Like, at some point, he just says, keep firing. And, like, there are, like, 20 officers sh- just emptying ammunition into this fucking house. There's a fire going, and I'm like, this looks so bad from a modern point of view. It's fucking bizarre. They shoot the shit out of the house, and, and, they, and in the process, like, kill the rest of Slim. <laughs> And then shoot a fucking oil lamp and the fucking house gets lit on fire. And, like, the house is burning. Remember the first one? Yeah, because remember in the last movie when the house was lit on fire? Yeah, and the house is actively burning and they're still shooting into the fucking living room. Um, I was like, these cops are the scariest people in this whole fucking movie. Well, then Charlie comes in, flies in with a fucking train, and he picks up uh, Jesse and, and, you know, Doc Brown, (laughs) and he picks up Marty. Come on with me. I'm going to go back in time. We're just going to live on the old west or some shit. Where we're going, we don't need roads. Ever. And then when a Charlie's kids points his dick and it's really weird. Yeah, oh, you beat me to it. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, I, I love this. I love this because, like, he's cornered right in the house. The house is on fire. He can't go outside because the fucking cops are going to shoot him to death. And he's just like, fuck it. Like, he just loses, he just is like, yeah, whatever, and he grabs Bippy, and he grabs the fucking pterodactyl, and he fucking walks through into another dimension. Yeah, and then he buries Gramps there. What I love is, like, it's not with, like, beyond the realm of reason he could explain the situation or do, he's just like, yeah, fuck it, I just, it's too much talking. (laughs) It really is, though. He's like, I tried that once already, and look what happened. He's not very good at confrontations, it seems. It is, it is, like, like, when you compare the endings of both movies, where the first one, it's like, Oh, what a happy ending. He got his son back and his wife's there and blah, blah. It's like, no, he's going to have to sit there and ask answer so many questions that no one's going to believe. And this one, he's like, yeah, fuck all that nonsense. And just, <laughs> just gets up and leaves. I'm going to go live in Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> yeah, not even like the alternate universe that has dinosaurs and the Wild West yeah, and yeah. fucking catter puppies and fucking pterodactyls. The MDU, clearly. <laughs> they're living in the mdu that's it right there guys yeah let, let, let's let's presume that they're like it's an actual portal through time and then he went back to an actual date in the you know in the linear time stream and went back to like you know the 1800s or the fuck like you know the, the when the wild west was a thing like 
are there going to be history books saying like, and then a man appeared with a giant furry dinosaur and a green mutant dog bug insect and a woman who doesn't speak. Yeah, what happens when that fucking bird grows up? He who has fallen from the sky will be the savior <laughs> to protect us from the deadites. Exactly. And he's like, nah, man, I'm just here from the other dimension. Um... With my cat or puppy. Yeah, I'm not. You're looking for, who is it? Ashley? I have no idea who that is. Ashley Williams? Who? Who? I never heard of her. She sounds hot. <laughs> she sounds hot. <laughs> they all seem like totally content with this decision. Charlie could care fucking less. He's like, yeah, I lost all my money and my friends and uh, had a pretty good thing going back at home. But hey, what the hell? I'm the third wheel. Remember that guy? Remember that guy stole your girlfriend and my uh, <laughs> and my booty call? Yeah, and they just fuck off in a covered wagon with the Aztec chick, the Caterpuppy, and the pterodactyl. And and you know the sad thing is, all these people had to go to these poor fucks' funeral because they never found the bodies, <laughs> and they were all fucking crying over them like oh my god i can't believe we left them and then they fucking killed themselves in a fire i can't believe the, i can't believe the police shot them all to death and burned the bodies to be fair i'd probably walk through that fucking door too <laughs> yeah at that point honestly yeah i know i'm yeah exactly like <laughs> well stay Fuck here this. or or leave and bury my mummy grandpa with this with these impossible monsters <laughs> i'm gonna go on adventures like my grandpa did i'm gonna go i'm gonna go in this dimension where i'll be heralded as a god because of a modern man who would go stand next to these fucking idiots <laughs> You say he went and did adventures like his grandpa. Now I'm just picturing him like, yeah, Gramps did a stagecoach robbery. Why well, I could do it. He tries. He just gets shot immediately and dies. Please out. <laughs> he, he goes to jump from his horse to a carriage and breaks both of his legs immediately and just, just leave him there. Get me some penicillin. Uh, it hasn't been invented yet there, Jesse. Ah, fuck. What do you mean I have tuberculosis? <laughs> I need an aspirin. A what? Yeah, you got the black lung. You ain't gonna live too long. <laughs> I really love the idea that he goes on like a slider style adventure through like multiple dimensions. He doesn't just stop oh, yeah. in the old west. Hey man, he finds a fucking well, falls down it. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> finds P head. He finds finds P head come dar. Everybody's fucking kicking it down there. It's a happening place. They play cards, they drink. <laughs> they like they like the uh like the, the doormen to the MDU. They're like, hey, what's up? You're new here. Dude, they're like the APA, man. We've <laughs> talked about it before. Oh my god. They would be the guards. I love how like Jess Jesse and his gang are just like part part of the MDU now, but just like the the wayward like travelers that are the nomads fucking like <laughs> like they're like the peaceful version of john hurt's crew yeah they, yeah they were definitely tourists took a wrong turn at albuquerque and ended up in this fucking chaotic realm yes. of just like in it, it is very much like like how they established in dark souls is like time is convoluted here everything happens at once or not at all <laughs> i mean i would argue that that house if it's not you know being affected by john hughes buchanan or you know joe buchanan you know take your pick on that one but if it wasn't, like, basically the Dark Souls hub, Connor, like, if you think about the way this fucking house works. <laughs> it is, it is, it's Firelink Shrine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just go to this portal to go to this place, that portal to go to that place. So, so where are we putting this, fellas? Um, it's in the fucking dumpster. Um, <laughs> because it's a, because it's a, it's a fucking mess of a movie. Um, it's not very coherent. Um, it's barely ever funny. It's not scary in the slightest and the only redeeming qualities it has are some pretty good practical effects and an occasional joke that lands and uh bill electrician and that's it like compared to the first movie where there was like you can you can trace a line through all the magical and supernatural shenanigans this is just like 
it's like taking the knobs on an Etch-A-Sketch and just like chaotically moving them back and forth in random directions and just creating this weird zigzag nonsensical bullshit pattern. There are sometimes when the kid button mashes and kicks ass and there are sometimes when the kid button mashes and gets his ass kicked and I definitely agree with you. This movie is definitely more <laughs> the latter. Yes. This is a movie where you, you're slamming the, the block button but not really knowing how to time it and you're just getting your ass kicked. It's it's not very it, – it's it's like Joe said, it was written in two weeks and certainly feels like it. Um, uh, there's characters that just show up and then disappear. There's plot threads that get raised – that get brought up and then vanish. Um, and the story is very repetitive because, like I said before we broke this down, they get the skull, someone steals it. They get the skull, someone steals it. They get the skull, and someone steals it. And that's the whole story. Um and it's ultimately not very satisfying. Yeah, it's definitely the dumpster. Uh, also, Bill Maher goes in his own dumpster because he's a human piece of shit. Um, <laughs> so there we go. That's that's where this movie's going. Um, this is a shelf for me. Um, pretty much. I, I mean, I'm a completist, right? So I gotta have this whole series, and it's it's a weird, weird. Uh, set of films to say the least uh, with the first obviously being the best but this movie in particular I don't know it's I think it's pretty funny I think it's a good time I, a lot of the jokes landed for me I like I like I love all the practical effects that are happening here and I love the idea that um, we got a lot of kind of good stuff out of something that was thrown together pretty quickly I mean it really doesn't make too much sense. There's a lot of filler bullshit in this, but um, I'm really enamored by the puppets in this, um, and I love uh, Gramps. I think he's fucking great. Um, I don't know. It's not. It's not the worst thing I've ever seen. It's not terrible. It, it's an it's an okay way to kill two hours. Um, and it's also. I mean, as far as a sequel to. Um, you know, the previous film that we discussed over on Slashers, which you should listen to before you s listen to this, um, it's not great, but, but it, <laughs> you know, I think it's fine, right? That's pretty much all I have to say about it. Uh, it, it there's some, there's a couple of saving graces for it, but other than that, I, I think it's, I think it's all right, but it's still on the shelf for sure. Yes, yeah, definitely a dumpster movie, without a fucking doubt. <laughs> um, I I will agree on, on a few things. I think the effects are really good for the most part. There's like maybe one or two things I'm not crazy about, but when you give that breakdown of how quickly they uh, got this pra this project up and running and, and made, I kind of can see where you're coming from, Joe, where it's like they did this basically in a weekend. Um, so I'll give it a little bit of benefit of the doubt there. But... Um, I don't know, just like the comedy hits in certain spots. I think Gramps is great, but I think it's kind of like it's kind of like John Carpenter's Vampires in, on, on some level, except I like that movie where I feel like that movie actually would have elevated itself even more if it wasn't uh, called John Carpenter's Vampires. Like if we talked about that sure. in that episode, yep. um, how if, it would almost be better if you took him out of the equation. Um, th this movie, if, you, if it wasn't House 2, I, I might like it a little more. I agree with it. I still think it might be a dumpster movie for me regardless, uh, but I, I definitely, just in the back of my head, I like House 1 a lot, and this is just such a weird departure. And, you know, I like weird. I like absurd humor, but uh, I don't know. It just didn't click for me in this particular case. 
Like that that dinner scene is both hilarious to me, but also also just so out of left field that uh, it's just I can't wrap my head around it. But then the, then you have weird stuff like Gramps feeding this fucking catter puppy <laughs> beer in a bottle, um, and and him fucking fucking around with tissues. Um, so it's, it's, it's not, again, it's not the worst thing we saw. It's, it's, you know, it's probably middle of the dumpster for sure. Um, I, I would probably revisit it maybe down the road. Uh, you know, if I was going to own another house movie, I mean, I guess I haven't actually seen three or four, but I, I would own maybe the first two and maybe visit this one every decade. Um, but it's definitely in the middle of the dumpster with a, you know, a broken off rotting, uh, you know, prospector dick right next to it. (laughs) Um, so, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you know, kind of go in there and decide, do you want to get close to that thing as it fucking reeks to, uh, get this movie out? And, uh, I don't know. That, that's kind of my, uh, my take on it. It's not a worthy successor, I think is the problem. No. Exactly, exactly. I think that, just like you guys, if it wasn't related to House, or if it was, like, overtly, like, this is a parody of House, then, yeah, I'd give it more credit, but, like, House is already comedic enough to where you can't really do a parody of it, because in its own way, it's almost a parody of Haunted House films. So, it's, you know, it's just not enough of any one thing, and that's just you know, the, the biggest failure, is that it just doesn't commit to one lane. Um and the stuff that it does, it just doesn't do all that well. And I'm usually the guy who's pretty forgiving. And like, I always try and like come up with the positive when it comes to movies and stuff. But I'm not saying it's bad. Like, I don't feel like I was cheated or like I demand that moment of my life back. But at the same point, I'm like, I have no reason to watch this again, except because I'm a completionist. So yeah, like, yeah it goes on my shelf, but it goes on my shelf next to shit like I don't care about, <laughs> you know, like. I'm trying to even think of like how little I care about other films that I could put like this is next to city of angels, <laughs> the pro sequel where I'm like, yeah, yeah, I guess I had to have seen it at some point, but it doesn't mean I liked any part of it. Uh, I like that movie. It could be for you, Jake. We have this thing we bring up occasionally on the show, the uh, egg crate uh, on the side of the road next to the dumpster. Cause it's like kind of in between shelf and dumpster. It's like, you know, it, there's things about it that I like, but I don't totally hate it either. Puppet Master 5 <laughs> would be a good place to put it <laughs> next to. Okay. Yeah, I definitely think, like, I'll, I'll keep it, but, like, I wouldn't pay for it. Let's put it that way. Like, if this <laughs> sure. wasn't on Tubi for free, like, this isn't yeah. going on my show. This is in my digital <laughs> inbox or whatever the fuck. That's a good way to put it. Uh, it's on your hard drive. Exactly. And you clear off the space. You know, you get rid of it when you need the extra space. It's, you know, it's not when you have to keep on. <laughs> I mean, I, I gave you guys a forewarning in the beginning of this episode, but it, just in case you listen to this one first, definitely go over to the Slashers podcast, which is available wherever you get your podcasts, and uh, listen to that uh, listen to that first uh, half of the quarantine up, where we talk about the first film, House. So, you like it, we've kind of aforementioned, you can find us basically everywhere you podcast, and if you don't find us, just send me an email at slasherspod at gmail.com, and I will get us there. Um, I've, that only <laughs> happened one time, but I was like, all right, fuck, fine. You want to listen to us on Podtail? Fine, weirdo. <laughs> I don't think the people who work for Podtail even know what that is, but whatever. I have no idea what the fuck that is. Yeah, no, literally, I was like, oh, shit, okay, this my show is already on this. I just had to show them where to find it on this app that I didn't even put my show on. So <laughs> there you go. But... You know, the show, like I said, it's a horror show, but we try and have as much fun as we possibly can because, quite frankly, like the world is glum and shitty enough. And I think that enough people know, like those smarmy horror fans, like 
I come from a world like, you know, years ago, I was a huge comic guy. Like I still have over 2000 comics, but basically I just collect digital now. But my point being is like, you think that like comic book guy is a prick, but then you like meet horror fans who are like me, you haven't seen this. And they want to like condescend you and shit. Like, yeah, we are the least pretentious horror fans ever. Like the fact is, if I can introduce you to something like that is so much cooler to me than like judging yeah. you for having not seen something Absolutely. when like, I don't know if you've heard about this stuff. It's called the Internet. Which means that like everything exists now for everyone. And like it's inane to me how somebody could like be elitist when it's like literally like I watched the 1977 house from Japan for the first time when we were doing the last episode because I just like could. It just was easy to find versus like me going in the 90s to like a video store mm -hmm. and being told I was looking for MacGyver. So my point being, we'd love to have you. Uh, I have a foul fucking mouth, but I think I make salient points, and I think that the show is definitely worth it. If you give us a try and you hate it, let us know why. Like, I would much rather have you know a, a negative review that I could like try and work off of than just like silence. So I double dog dare you, motherfucker. <laughs> This has been really fun, um, and I appreciate you getting together with us and, and doing this quarantine up, and uh, we definitely got to do this again. Absolutely. If your fans are into it, there are two other films in this franchise, yeah. and we would be happy to work <laughs> with you on that. So if, if you Hell do yeah. like it, let us both know. Yeah, definitely. Let us know, and we will do uh, the horror show, a.k.a. House 3 and House 4. And uh, just a little... Uh peak but the next episode to look forward to is going to be the suckling what oh yeah baby so look forward to that have you ever seen that no <laughs> but i'm already have half an erection so i mean i'm into it um all i'm gonna say is that the alternate title for the film is called sewage baby <laughs> oh isn't that quaint yeah stay tuned for that um that's gonna be our mother's day episode i'm pretty sure <laughs> <laughs> oh jesus no it's not yeah it is <laughs> yeah i believe it's um may 15th that drops yeah so for also for the month of may i mean you got to keep your eye out for that md guide though you know what i'm saying you got to go to that instagram yeah um yeah we got the suckling coming up for mother's day and then we are going to have uh our resident artist dave deforn back on the show to talk meteor man fuck yeah Looking forward to that. Yeah, that's going to be a good one. You mean James Earl Jones and some guy who fell into obscurity right after making the movie? I'm all about it. <laughs> Perfect cocktail, right? Yeah. We had Dave on last year to do uh, The Punisher with Dolph Lundgren, and uh, that is a movie. It's excellent. What, you don't like women who can kill people with their earrings? No, I prefer sleepy Frank Castle, who <laughs> sounds like he hasn't had an energy burst in 10 years. But he also has a butt crack, so I mean, I'm into it. Oh, yeah. He's got that, you can see his ball sack too. Sweating in the sewers. She had hair knives. Knives for hair, fingernail knives, earring knives. At least that's how I kind of remember it. I was kind of going in and out of the whole thing. I put a beer bottle on an RC car. <laughs> he did. <laughs> yes, he did. No, that movie fucking rules. So that's it. That's House 2 from 1987, directed by Ethan Wiley. Hey, everybody, if you want some more bad movie goodness, you can check us out at moviedumpsterpodcast.com. Subscribe to us anywhere you listen to your podcast, and make sure to leave us a five-star review if you dig the show, because it helps us get out of the bottom of the dumpster and into more eardrums. Yeah, and if you're on the social medias, you can follow us at Movie Dumpster on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I'm Joel Scola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor McGraw. And I'm Jake from Slasher's Podcast. Thanks for visiting the dumpster. Keep coming and coming and coming. <laughs>
Where the hell are you all coming from anyhow? <laughs> I broke it.